This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to OrbitalJigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO. Or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. Hello, this is the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. And you can't tell, but right now I'm dressed as Deacon and not the Fallen Angel because I'm at Waterworld. And you are listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast because there's degrees. There's a little bit busted open, but this is Busted Wide Open. You're listening to us. So thanks for listening. listening to the busted wide open podcast dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling with your hosts nick howell and sir ian dangerous coming to you from the orbital jigsaw network arena in sunny southern california Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode 155. My name is Nick Howell. And rooting for Buddy Murphy only because he wore silver and black this week, just like my Raiders, I am Sir Ian Dangerous. And Nick, I am here (laughs) while they are currently, the game just started, Packers versus Raiders just started for the preseason, and yet, and yet, such is my love for professional wrestling and for this podcast that... I am here instead, ready yes. to talk about this week in WWE, New Japan, NXT, the world, AEW. We got lots to talk about, Nick. Lots and lots and lots. But as we always do, let's get our housekeeping out of the way first, and then we can talk about all of that. Yes, as always, guys, you want to be over in the Busted Wide Open discussion group on Facebook. It is where the hub of our operation for now. Teaser, hint, wink, wink. Uh, Yeah, lots of stuff, good stuff happening. But yeah, be in there for the time being. Be sure to check out our Discord server as well. You can find a link to that pinned to the top of the group uh, to get your little secret entryway into there. Uh, You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast right here on YouTube where we are currently live. If you are not watching us uh, on YouTube, it's youtube.com slash busted wide open. Make sure you subscribe and hit that notification bell because we put events up and we schedule these so you get constant reminders of when we're going to be going live. But that's Thursday nights. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, right here at youtube.com slash busted wide open. And, you know, if you subscribe, you can even get in on our Glean giveaway. We're doing our first monthly, pay, uh, not patron, but just listener Glean giveaway for a whole big grab bag of merch. Uh, and all you have to do is verify using that Glean link that you are following us and subscribe to us here on the YouTube channel and all of our social accounts. Very easy to do, costs you nothing, get some free sweet swag and have a good time while doing it. Last but certainly not least, have to thank all of our patrons, lots of which are watching us live right here in the chat. What's up, patrons? How you doing, guys? Thank you so much to all of our patrons for your patronage. And if you want to get in on some of that, access to extra bonus episodes, uh, show notes, all kinds of good stuff behind the scenes, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers, and uh, we have some ideas of how we're going to ramp that up even further going forward so patreon.com slash b-w-o-n 
we, uh, we it felt like kind of a light week of wrestling, but it wasn't really that light. There was a lot that went down this week. There was a lot that went down, but Nick, before we could talk about that, we do have to remind everybody that we are on a drive to get to a thousand subscribers on YouTube. Well, I was and not let you only off the hook that, on that one this week. I have to talk about it because I, I am actually I want to get it done before the end of August because I want you to have to do your share no. as well. That's right. No. If we get to a thousand subscribers on YouTube by the end of August, both Nick and myself will humiliate ourselves for your enjoyment. Uh, if we get to a thousand subscribers by the end of August, both Nick and myself will have to sing the entrance theme songs of our least favorite wrestler. That means I'm going to have to go up on karaoke night at my bar and sing Tai Chi's entrance song in Japanese and record it and put it up on YouTube for you all to laugh at. And if uh, we get there by the end of August, Nick as well will have to get up there and sing Nia Jax's theme song in its entirety uh, while hopefully also doing some nice Nia Jax dance moves. Mm -hmm. uh, however, there's a caveat. There's a caveat. If we don't get there by the end of August, Nick is off the hook, and it's just me that's on the hook. Yep. And we have until uh, we have until SmackDown debuts on Fox on October fourth. Yep. I believe we have until then to get to a thousand subscribers. We get to it by then, then I have to do Tai Chi's theme song, and Nick is off the hook. But that's why I'm saying let's get us there by the end of August, please, 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 so you can watch us both make absolute jackasses of ourselves in public. Plus, you get to hear our our lovely <coughs> lovely singing voices. Mm, yes. yes. Absolutely. So, you know, and there's thousands and thousands of you guys listening out there, so we know the, that the numbers are there. So just come click subscribe on a YouTube channel and get the get this done, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm challenging you guys. Uh, we know uh, that we know that you're out there listening, uh, but at the same time, it's just come click a channel and look at what you get for just clicking a button. So uh, oh, help us you, out you will get so that we can entertain you. Oh, <laughs> I hope it's entertaining. I hope it's not just tragic. But yes, that's going to happen. So guys, please help us out. But in the meantime, Nick, it's time to get the show on the road and talk about the big news. Well, I usually save this for the end, but beep, 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 beep. holy shoot, <laughs> we got some big yes. news uh, this week, what, for sure. What else could it be? What else could it be this week? Counter-programming kind what? Of <laughs> yeah, if you, if you pay any kind of attention to wrestling, you know what we're going to talk about right now. NXT to USA! It's, it's happening. We've been reporting it as a rumor for the last couple of weeks. It is official. The Wednesday Night Wars are on NXT Woo. is going up on USA opposite of AEW's two hour programming. It's going to be from eight to 10 Eastern time here in the United States, uh, starting on September 18th. They're, they're going up two weeks before AEW debuts because F you AEW, right. according to Vince McMahon, because <laughs> F you, we can <laughs> giving us a two week head start, pal. Yeah, so it's it's official now. NXT is going to two hours. It's going live, and it's going up on Wednesday nights on USA. If you are a subscriber on the network and you still want to watch your NXT, you are still kind of in luck. They're going to do a 24-hour grace period, kind of like what they do with Raw and SmackDown, and then it will go yeah. up on the network instead of Hulu. I suspect Hulu will have the same deal. Um, but yeah, you can either watch it live or on the network. Nick, there's, there's some things we got to break down about this because this is interesting. First of all, um, you know, people have been kind of speculating, slavering, all the, the whole spectrum of, of what right. you could expect from people 
uh, reacting to the rise of AEW, the existence of AEW, mm-hmm. and uh, whether or not this is actually a war between them and WWE, whether that's even a relevant way of, of talking about it, because WWE, it's not, it's, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a little tiny boat versus a battleship here at this right. point, really, when it comes to finances and, and, and everything else. I mean, not finances. They both have billionaire backers, but let's face it, WWE's got much more of a, of a machine going right now. Um, so it's, it's interesting that WWE, of all of their shows that they would put up opposite AEW, they put up NXT, which I think, in my opinion, and tell me what you think here, Nick, that's the show that, of all of their stuff, is most likely to be direct counter-programming for AEW. Yeah, it's, it's a perfect setup, frankly, to have both of them like that. Um, the, the, <laughs> having them right next to each other or on top of each other is probably a better way to say that is, is a big deal because now you really have to make a decision which cable channel you're going to tune into on Wednesday nights. You Absolutely. Know, nor, you know, with the network out there, you could have watched AEW and then gone right to the network and watched that week's episode of NXT, which was kind of my intention. Uh, <laughs> but now I don't get that choice anymore. No, they're forcing you to choose. They're forcing and you to choose, be, which is interesting. Why would you do that? It's, hmm. Isn't that strange? Yeah, it's... Well, uh, why would you do that? It's pretty obvious. It's because Vince they, McMahon's they want ego? to make this... <laughs> well, yeah, and actually Jim Ross even said, like, it, it proves that on some level, WWE believes that AEW is some sort of competition. Now, I don't know how seriously they're taking them yet, um, but, I, because, but I think it's... On one level, it's a strong decision for NXT because now they're elevating it to the point of it being essentially another main roster brand. You're still going to have some of their developmental guys showing up there, uh, men and women, but at the same time, they're already saying that they're going to be giving most of the major performers on NXT main roster contracts. Now, they're not going to have developmental contracts anymore. A lot of the major players are going to get main roster contracts. So there's going to be now a direct division between the true developmental people and the NXT, quote-unquote, main roster. So it's for NXT, this is a huge deal, and it's a big deal for a lot of people that are down there. And I suspect some people that um, went back to NXT, like Tyler Breeze, Fandango, uh, Killian Dane, and some of the people that stuck around there, instead of getting called up, like Shayna Baszler, Velveteen Dream, that's a big deal for them. Because now they're, they're able to stick with this brand and frankly it doesn't surprise me that there's a lot of people that really feel passionately about being in NXT it does seem like it's more of a familial environment they get to have a little bit more creative freedom do more more matches that give them more accolades so I can see why they'd be more excited to stay with NXT um, that I think if I were AEW would make me a little nervous because it is it's basically this very similar kind of programming to what you're going to have with a lot more major professional backing yeah. And, and, a, and an existing history. Um, so they're, you know, and NXT is even starting two weeks before them. So they're going to have a little bit more of a lead up. Momentum, AEW, I think you could say. A little bit, <laughs> oh, I'm trying to avoid it, but I can't. Um, it's going to give them a little bit more m- m- momentum going into uh, this fall. So, yeah, it's. What's interesting is they didn't really take a huge contract for NXT. They were so invested in getting NXT up there opposite AEW. Their contract right now is $30 million per year for two years. Per, so it's 60 total, which you looked at compared to what they got from Fox. That's jump change. That's nothing. Yeah. That's nothing. 
Uh, so they just wanted to get that up on TV. So the other question is, now that they're going to be on TV live and all the rest of this, does Triple H retain sole creative control? Now, we know Vince has had some say over NXT, but only in the most general sense where he just he knows it exists and he'll come in and you know maybe yay or nay some of the big stuff. But really, it's been Hunter's baby. Does Vince now take an interest in NXT? And I think a lot of people are scared about that. I think there's several competing lines of thought here. I think there's a small, there's a rumor going around right now. I saw it circulate in a couple of places today that Vince was going to begin to step back or step away from the chair and Heyman was somehow going to progressively take over Raw and Bischoff was going to take over SmackDown and Hunter would continue to run NXT. And I'm going, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that's going to happen. But on the inverse, does does Vince get involved with NXT? I don't think so either. I don't think either of those things are true. I think, he's, I think that, we, we announced all the XFL stuff this week, right? Yes. The the new team, all the teams got announced. Uh, they're basically waiting for uh, the the cuts in the NFL to happen, and they can have their draft sometime in September, I believe. Uh, the the president said in an interview earlier this week they were going to have their draft. Uh, sometime in September for the XFL. I think Vince is going to be pretty busy uh, over the next few months uh, because they're hoping to start, I think they said, in February. So we'll see. I mean, and to your point, Vince wasn't even at TV this week. Right. Uh, He was, you know, so he's already not there, and that might be why he brought in these other people to kind of run it autonomously if he's not there. Now, obviously, he was still involved, whether it's, you know, phoning in or videoing in, but the fact of the matter is, we don't know. We we really have no idea how they're going to structure this going forward, and that's going to be a really interesting thing to try to figure out as NXT goes onto TV. I, I think we'll be able to tell if Ving- Vince has his fingers a little bit more in that pie yeah. creatively just because we've seen what NXT has been. And I really don't think that that's going to change too much of what they are if they go to two hours. Uh, we saw this week on NXT that... They did. They they're trying to build that roster. They're trying to get enough people be a part of that roster that they can run a two hour show. And as of right now, based on just looking at their roster depth, I think they absolutely can. They're building a lot of feuds that are not in the title pictures that they'll be able to fill time with. Especially if you keep in mind that there's there's still you know speculation about absorbing two hundred five live. Bring that back yes. in. Counter program two hundred five live in NXT against. Uh, AEW, yeah, it's like you said earlier. It's kind of side by side, made for each other, sort of product counter programming. So I could totally see that happening. Plus, like you said, we, we had uh, some some things happen this week that I won't spoil yet until we get there. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff happening right now in NXT as we move on to sort of the next era, the non undisputed era thing, kind of. Anyway. Uh, yeah. lost myself in that one, but yeah, uh, there's a lot happening in NXT right now. Uh, it'll be anxious. To, I'm anxious to see how, how we continue and how things progress, uh, as we get in, more and more into it. Lots of things are percolating and actually a dog Ziggler's over in the corner here, uh, destroying something. And it actually reminds me of a point I wanted to make. And that is that it's interesting that at, uh, that at uh, double or nothing, Cody destroyed a chair in the shape of the triple H cross, Right. Not a WWE, like nothing specific to WWE, something specific to the iconography of Triple H. It seems a little prophetic now. It seems a little bit prophetic that he would make this a something directly between him and Triple H at that point. One wonders. I know some conspiracy nuts have already taken that and run with it. 
But I wanted to point that out as being an interesting, an interesting bit of iconography to note. Yes. Yeah, for sure. It'll be some, something we call back on. Oh, but, okay. Uh, yes, lots to lots to look at there uh, as the as we go from summer, which has been already a nuts summer, to probably one of the most interesting falls in professional wrestling in recent memory. It's this is going to be bananas this fall, and they're setting up all the pieces on the chessboard. Uh, Nick, I think I think if if nothing else, if if you're a fan, I think it's ridiculous to not think of this as anything but best for the fans. Yeah, um, it's going to be. I mean, the only downside is it's going to be tough to figure out what you're going to watch. It's going to be like Monday Night Wars again. You flip back and forth. That's but, it. You know, what? do they get smart enough to align the commercial breaks? TNT and USA. Do they? Do they work? Do they get kind of? Do they try to subterfuge each other and line up against yeah. each other's commercial breaks? And you know that that's the kind of shit that behind the do scenes. They try that, to spoil what's on each other's TV, right? Like, you know what I mean. Orange Cassidy is on AEW. That'll put butts in seats. Like, what's going to happen? I, I'm very curious to see. I think it's going to be a lot of fun for everyone involved. And anyone who's already picking sides, I think you're out of your mind. Just wait and let it happen. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. There's going to be a lot of good wrestling coming your way. But speaking of lots of good wrestling, Nick, we have a, a fairly large week to talk about in WWE specifically. So let's not waste any more time and get over and talk about Monday Night Raw. I, I'm going to make the statement that I think we've got a mole in the patronage. <laughs> and that's going to resonate throughout today's show because Hashtag there were several places that there were certain references made that were way too close to my crazy fantasy booking, right? And not the, only the your shit crazy that you lost booking. your mind at. <laughs> But even stuff we said on the show last week, like I obviously, you know, hashtag they listen is it's it's yeah. an ongoing joke here. Like, right. and we 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 definitely take it with a grain of salt. Don't <laughs> but don't take it too seriously. But it's a lot of fun. This week was a little scary. Uh, that being said, Nick, as you as you sit there with your Braun Strowman beard and your Braun Strowman guy and your microphone, your Braun Strowman necklace on your Nia Jack shrine, that's a lot of Braun Strowman in there. Yeah, and there was a lot of Braun Strowman this week on Monday Night Raw. Not only did he have a U.S. title match against AJ Styles that unsurprisingly was broken up by the OC, but then he was saved by Seth Rollins. Uh, they had a little bit of a talk in the back about how Braun Strowman, he wants that universal title. Seth knows that, but Seth got it worked out so that he and Braun would have a title match for the tag team championships on Raw. You know, why not? Sure. So at the end of the whole show... <laughs> We have Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman against the OC for the Raw tag belts. And by God, they won. They got the tag belts. Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman, now not only is Seth the Universal Champion, he's also co-tag champion with Braun Strowman. Two-time. Braun Strowman two is now two-time Raw tag team champion. Yes, yes. Uh, at least this time he's actually with a legitimate competitor, only once again, I just don't understand why they strapped Well, I do understand why they strapped him, but I was just sitting there just head in hands going, oh, God. The best, one so, of the best memes of the week was uh, a pain of Braun and Nicholas holding their championships and then Braun and Seth down below, and it said, Nicholas finally finished school. Yeah, Nicholas grew up, and he came back and became universal champion. Um, obviously, <sighs> so we know, we know this is old school booking. This, is, this has been done for years and years and years. You get, you get your two guys in your major title picture, um, if they're not, if you haven't got a feud for them, you make them tag champs, and then they're forced to be together, and things fall apart, and they end up 
facing each other. This also is particularly relevant for Clash of Champions season when all titles have to be defended, which means that not only will Braun and Seth have to defend their tag championships, Seth will have to defend his Universal Championship, and he's already said that Braun should be first in line for that. So this is just all going to be grist for that mill. Fine, I think that actually could be an interesting program. I think the only reason people just kind of shook their heads about it is, once again, it's the Raw Tag Team Championships being used as a prop when they've already lost a lot of their relevance by being bounced around right and left for the last, well, long time. It's, it's yeah. been a very slim Years. amount of time they were relevant this year. <laughs> um, At this point. They looked like they were going in the right direction for a while there, and then pff, it, yep. now they're not. Um, do you think this was the right decision to take it off of the OC and use it as a prop for Seth and Braun? Nope. Okay. Do not. Why, why, uh, why is that? Is it just your personal feelings about it or just what? No, it's what just not. The, it's, it, it's not the way I would have done it, damn it. <laughs> Hashtag wrestling. Put that aside for a second. No, you, you had a great moment last week where Braun came in, saved Seth from the evil of the baddies, the evil OC, and handed him very abruptly the his universal championship back and you could have cut out the whole tag titles thing and just gone on with that the way that it lined up this week so what what you need gallows and anderson needed those titles more than anybody and you just yanked them off of them. it really did help the oc feel like a a, a power group and to have yes. them lose it so quickly after getting them it, it does kind of undercut them a little bit um and it's tough because I feel like it was a situation where they promised Gallows and Anderson the tag belts for the, to make them stick around because they were out, they were one foot out the door earlier this spring. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of what they did with the revival where they they're like, yeah, guys, you can have the tag belts, and then they just kind of they give it to them and then they take it right back off of them. Like, all right, you got them, cool. You happy now? Um, I, I wonder if that's what's going on, or if they have a plan to get them back on the OC, which I would imagine they would, so they can go and just have Braun and and Seth have their title match. Um, but that's the other thing that I'm worried about here, though, is Braun Strowman is just starting to get his mojo back. The crowd is back on his side again. He's starting to get a little bit of momentum. <laughs> is this the time? Like, do they do they turn him heel here? Or is this, I mean, because that's, that's typically what happens is one of the guys turns heel, right? Mega powers, Macho Man turns heel. Uh, two-man power trip with, with Stone Cold and Triple H. Before Triple H got injured, it was going to be that one of the, that Triple H turned heel on Stone Cold. That's the pattern. Is it, like, should they turn Braun heel? No. Or is he better? Because I feel like we learned that face? lesson already last fall with McIntyre and Corbin. Did we I, learn the lesson? Did we okay. learn the lesson? Or did, did we learn the let's lesson? Let, let's like, say maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe they didn't learn the lesson, but it was an ab abject, abject failure. Uh, to yeah. try and do it last year, and we saw what it did to Braun. He is oh. an absolute face. He's one of those that I just I don't know if he can be a heel. Frankly, he needs to be a face. He needs to be the big monster that comes out and saves everybody. Could a Braun Strowman heel turn work? Maybe solo, but it didn't work as part of a big group last fall. And I I that puts me in a position where I got to say, is Seth gonna turn again? I, I can't, not at this point. They've invested way too much in him being the face of the company at this point for him to go heal. I just wonder if it's something where they can work up a, a storyline like what they've done a couple of times where it's, you know, quote unquote competitive. And oh, it's AJ and Seth and they're just competitive with each other. Or 
uh, AJ and Daniel Bryan. You know, it's oh, we're just competition. Yeah. One of the guys has to become a bit of a dick in that scenario, and I, I think they might be able to walk that line with Braun. But what a, what terrible timing to do it uh, when he, like I said, he's just starting to get that mojo back, and. I, I, I don't know. I mean, if you're going to make him a heel, you just have to make him an absolute evil monster heel. Keep him out away from other people. Have him be this insane destructive force. Uh, and they've had a hard time doing that in the past and not making him look like an idiot. Um, so I, I'm, I'm nervous about the potential of him turning heel just because it's been bungled before. And they've, they've, they've kind of bungled the Braun Strowman experiment a few times and yeah. that's why he's at where he's at and not the biggest guy in their company and that might be because of braun as a performer he definitely has screwed up a couple of times on his own uh he where has. he's done the wrong thing but i i just it's one of those things where you look at him in terms of his physical attributes the guy can work the mic you know he's he's not rock level he's not mensa level on the mic but he's completely serviceable he's better than, than a lot of the roster on the mic um, you know, he's big, he can work. Why, why, how is this not a home run? You know, so that's, I, you know, that's what's interesting. And, and, you know, butters get out of my head, just said the same thing in the chat. I don't know that they could get away with this with, uh, Becky still being somewhat of a, it, being in the picture. Like if they're, they made such a big deal, which I think was a huge mistake for the record, making such a big deal about a boyfriend, girlfriend stuff. Oh, yeah. I think that even Becky and Seth have acknowledged that was a terrible idea. Like, um, out of cave. But you've now painted yourself into a corner where you can't do anything outside of that or that would taint that. Um, if they break up for whatever reason, it, it would make great TV and one of them turns and goes on a rampage. You know, but outside of that, I don't know. What do you do? You can't do it to Seth. So we've established you really can't do it with Braun unless you just absolutely knock it out of the park. Like you, I don't know if you get another do-over with Braun. You've managed to resurrect him to an extent. But man, and as I said on our Patreon bonus episode, uh, the second to last one, they are really, I feel like they're squandering Braun. And I've, I've been really excited to watch over the last couple of weeks as this, this sort of resurgence has come back, and I'm going, oh, don't mess it up. Don't mess it up, please. And then they yeah. put the tag titles on him this week, and I just... <laughs> oh, God, no, well, not this I think again. It's, the thing is, it's interesting. It's not the tag titles that worries me about Braun. It's the, it's the program with Seth. You know, like if, if they were going to keep like, I know you hate having the two singles wrestlers beating a genuine tag team. That's just, but you know what? If you're going to watch WWE, get used to that. That's just how they book. Yeah. It's not them being in a tag team. It's not them being the tag team champs. It's. For me, it's the danger of they, that they run by having two of who should be their biggest faces facing off. Yeah, and I can you know, there's a lot of people that should be facing Seth Rollins that are heels and, and could be elevated to that level. No, it would have been it would have been a great set to remove the tag titles out of the picture, and we're gonna, we got to move on because we're beating this to horse to death. But <laughs> what a great setup for Clash of Champions to have two of your biggest faces, pun intended, um, in the in Clash of Champions for your biggest title. Which I, yeah. hurts me to say that that Universal Title is their biggest title, but it is. We've all established that at this point. What better way to have that going into Clash of Champions? The whole tag team titles thing unnecessary, and frankly, did more damage to the OC and Gallows and Anderson than it did do good 
for either of those two or the the upcoming feud that they're getting into. That's I'll leave it at that. Yeah, no, I, I have a feeling the belts will go back on Gallows and Anderson, and that'll spin off into something else. This is just sure. a temporary prop. Uh, but as you said, do we do have to move on and talk about something else that happened on this show that was a big deal? Sasha Banks is back. She is a heel. She is the heeliest of heels, uh, breaking, uh, busting up Natalia again, messing her up backstage after giving an interview in response to a Becky promo. Uh, I did all that in reverse. <laughs> Becky gave a promo first, which was a, a fantastic promo talking about how she wants the best. She wants everyone to be the best when they face her. That's right. why she instigates. Uh, and Sasha's back. And Becky said, look, you were never really good. You were, you know, you're the greatest woman to never be great in WWE. It was a great promo. It was just uh, j- just the right amount of hey, Fabe tweaking, uh, just the right amount of, oh, crap, she said that. Uh, and I think it was a, a good start to this and Sasha feud. And then carrying forward to Sasha's quote-unquote quote unquote, interview backstage, which ended abruptly. It was, it was Sasha saying, oh, yeah, everyone's talking about my blue hair. Uh, and then when they said, by the way, you know, you came out and beat up Becky and Natalia last week. What did it say to that? She just went, you're welcome. Got up. Uh, that was it for the interview. And she went up, beat the crap out of Natalia and gave probably one of the great heel lines of the week, which was, uh, you know, hey, Natalia, I'll see you in hell and say hi to your daddy while you're there. Like, um, yeah. And I, I even saw people being like, that's just tasteless. I'm like, that's just wrestling. Uh, SWWE use use a uh, use real tragedy for for heat, right? Whatever it was, it was fine. I didn't even I didn't rate it. How do you feel about Sasha now that she's back? Are you welcome to well? Are you ready to welcome back our blue haired overlord, or are, do you feel like there's parts of this that could be improved? Well, I, at the at the risk of repeating myself, I feel like the execution's terrible. I'm very really? happy Sasha Banks is back. Fact. Okay. Uh, I, I, I went over last week how they could have done it against Bailey, uh, had her come out and beat her down, you know, punch her, you know, ambush her after her match at uh, at SummerSlam. But big return, SummerSlam, Super Healy, and then they go off into the feud. This whole bit with Natalia is really just it. It's it's like watching molasses pour out. It's just awful, and I, I I'm not invested in it. I couldn't give two shits. Um, I, I just they should have done something bigger and better than what they've done so far, frankly. For someone as big as Sasha Banks to have been gone for as long as she has, and all of the speculation that she wasn't ever going to come back, wink, wink, uh, to have her return to just kind of attack and ambush Natalia while she's given a somber pro. So now we're two weeks Honestly, into this. I, I think you're still you're still angry at last week and how they brought her back initially, which I will agree I thought was underwhelming. But this week I thought was a good job at writing the ship, really giving us an idea of what Sasha was, what Becky is, and Natalia was the prop in this particular instance where she was just basically the thing that's there. I have a feeling that before Sasha goes for Becky, she and Natalia have a small program where she just wipes the floor with Natalia, something along those lines. I don't think that it's wise to keep flipping Natalia back and forth. You know, nope. is she is she face is she heel? Should we like her? Should we not? We can't tell. It's one of the reasons why Natalia can't get any traction. But I had no problem with Sasha this week. I thought Sasha actually really stepped up this week. By the way, really upped her promo game too. Where you know we 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 tend to somewhat somewhat mean spiritedly, and we should probably stop. But we tend to make fun of Sasha being a little bit marble mouth. This week, very clear, very concise. I thought she nailed her backstage interview. 
Um, and that was, I thought, a really strong step in the right direction that we saw from Sasha. So I was actually, I liked a lot of what I saw this week. I'm actually very much anticipating Red versus Blue. Uh, it's a Halo reference for those of you who uh, play the, the video gameage. Uh, you know, here's the thing. I think it's going to be a great program. I can't wait for it to get going. This, was, this to me, was exciting. So I just wonder who people are going to root for because everyone still thinks they should root for Sasha. They gotta, they're going to have to do something besides having her beat up Natalia to get her boot. <laughs> Thank you. Because people... Thank you. Yes. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she looks mean, but people are also kind of like, yeah, screw Natalia. Toronto so. <laughs> would have lost their minds had she come out after Bailey beat Ember Moon and was celebrating in the ring for her victory, retained her championship, and out comes Sasha just bashes her with a chair over the head or something, or in the back. Yeah, we can, well, we can cry over spilled oh milk, God. or we can look at what we have. We can look at <laughs> what we have, which, you know what I mean? Like, okay, they didn't do that, but this week I thought they did some good stuff. Uh, another thing they did that was good, Sasha was supposed to be interviewed by Jerry Lawler in the middle of the ring for King's Court. That didn't happen because uh, the lights started going out as Jerry was standing in the ring. And Jerry, <laughs> Jerry, which I, thought was, which I thought was nice, Jerry goes, I know what this is. I'm yeah. out of here. I'm out of here. Starts <laughs> to, he starts trying to run away. Gets to the top of the ramp by the time the lights go completely out. And that's where the fiend catches him. Mandible claws him and then vanishes to be scooped up by the referees. So... Uh, another fiend attack. It looks like he's going to continue on this Randy Orton esque uh, of killing the the uh, the legends of the past. Um, I gotta say, the Nick, the only problem I had with this was that Jerry Lawler was on commentary for the first about hour of the evening, and then after that we got Vic Joseph instead. What do you think about uh, the fiend kind of continuing to be used in this way, and the fact that we didn't get three hours of Jerry Lawler? Uh, okay, G- the second part. Fine. Make a cameo. Do an hour. Do a segment. Fine. Uh, put somebody over. Fantastic. It's kind of your job as legends, right? Uh, in my, this was handled and executed very well. By the way, quick aside. Do you know the most terrifying thing about The Fiend? And I would give everybody the homework assignment to go back and watch it if you didn't notice it. When he has Lawler in the mandible claw at the top of the ramp, listen very closely. Turn the volume up and you can hear the guttural grunts and screams of Bray Wyatt as he's putting yeah. this onto Jerry Lawler. It's actually terrifying when you hear that. <laughs> you know, there was the Michael Myers movie, remake movie that um, that Zombie did, right? And yeah. everybody was all upset that he was actually made noise when he was stabbing people. Anyway, that's what it sounded like to me. It was like he was like literally killing him. Don't you get me started on breaking down Halloween movies. You know how I am, Nick. You oh, know, we're I mean, only about a month forget, away. I'm so excited. About Pro- a month give it a quick plug from, uh, uh, for everybody that might not know. Yes. Uh, we'll, get to, we'll get to that at some point. Right? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll self-promote another time. we got to get through Raw here. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, speaking of Jerry the King Lawler, it was the beginning of the King of the Ring tournament this week. We had a couple of first-round matches, Cesaro versus Samoa Joe and Cedric Alexander versus Sami Zayn. Uh, Joe beat Cesaro, no real surprise there. Kind of disappointing that, once again, Cesaro you know, kind of left out, hanging out to dry. At least he was in it, I guess. I'm looking forward to them actually utilizing him. Nice uh, new solo-tron for him and, and music this week. No more um, 007 Cesaro. Yeah, that's, he's had this for a little while now. I've seen him use this a couple of times. I think it's interesting to note everyone who's using green, like that bright neon green in their entrance, pretty much universally is getting misused. Whether it's Apollo Crews or Cesaro, 
uh, someone else had it this this week. I'm trying to remember who it was at like the bright neon green, and I'm like, man, it's just everybody who they're kind of underutilizing or don't know what to do with. Ah, oh, give them a green Tron. It'll be exciting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Joe moves on. He's going to face Ricochet or Drew McIntyre. I think that's probably the most interesting match in all of the King of the Ring tournament. Ricochet or Drew McIntyre? King Ricochet, uh, if you're watching the YouTube right now, Nick is wearing a King Ricochet shirt. Uh, or King Drew. And it's hard to argue with Booker T, who called in by Skype this week on the show and said uh, it's going to be King Drew. He believes it's going to be King Drew. When when King Booker says it's going to be somebody, you tend to believe him. So that's really going to be a big tell if it's going to be if it's going to be Drew or uh, Ricochet in that match next week. Yeah, um, no, I'm I'm all in on Drew myself, frankly. I think Drew's a smart pick just because you know Cedric beat Sami Zayn. And Cedric and Drew have been having issues, and I wouldn't be surprised if they kept that feud going. Yeah, and you know he can so. land that promo when he wins. That that big oh, celebratory oh, yeah. moment, that Drew McIntyre is going to be absolute fire. That, that's, that's been my pick since I heard about it. Absolutely. Yeah, I just if Ricochet goes through here, I'm going to have a hard time not picking Ricochet just because yeah. King Ricochet, it's already a thing. It's literally uh, his Instagram handle. <laughs> right, right. He's been King Ricochet for years. Just make it official. Just make it official. Yes. Put a cape on him. It, well, he won't. He's one of the few guys that won't look ridiculous in a crown with a cape. True. Right. That's he true. Kinda, he, he, he can pull off everything, in, including a a silly Nightwing onesie. That looks fantastic. Uh, we also. Well, <laughs> so we also had uh, the New Day and Revival. They had a tag match on Raw because Wild Card rules apparently still out there as an excuse for everything. But this got interrupted because at a certain point, Randy Orton came out, RKO out of nowhere, interrupted the match, which brought out Kofi Kingston. Kofi gets taken out by an RKO as well and has to watch as they break Xavier Woods' knee, supposedly, which uh, it's interesting. I'm curious why they would hobble Xavier right now, or at least in kayfabe say he was that messed up by it because... We'll talk about it on SmackDown, but it looks like Revival and New Day are heading towards a title match at Clash of Champions. Um, on so this Raw? Is all, this is all still kind of redundant from last week. Did you feel this was violent enough and, and in your face enough to not feel too redundant from last week? No, I'm, I'm fine. The only thing that threw me for a loop was when I saw the, tag, the SmackDown Tag Team Championships come out on Raw. <laughs> and yeah. I, I just from that point forward, I was just like, oh, God, my head explode. I, I can't make this compute. Like why? Why are you doing this? There's, I I just why do we have more than one tag championship set of championships at this point? I'll tell you right now them. why we do because the Raw tag championships are being used as props. At least the SmackDown tag championships are being used as tag belts for tag teams. Fair point. So look at it. Look at it from that way, and you're kind of actually getting your cake, and Vince is getting to eat it too. So it's it's actually kind. I'm actually kind of not mad at that, and I like the revival and Randy Orton connection. Even though they both look, they look kind of like it's. It looks a little bit like like uh, um, Dinder Mahal and the Singh brothers again, where they're like yeah. tiny versions of the big guy. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at Revival RKO. Uh, it's it's kind of fun. FTRKO. Um, <laughs> Hashtag FTRKO. Yeah, that that works. That works. FDRKO. Anyway, we also had a couple of matches that uh, were a little less relevant this week. Roman Reigns opened the show by having a match with Dolph Ziggler, who against, again ran his mouth and got beaten down and taken out by a spear. Cool. Uh, I think I think Dolph is still on the F Me tour, 
<laughs> I I pissed somebody off. Or he's doing a good heel job. The crowd was really really hated him. So in that sense, he's being successful. Yeah. Um, it was just, but it was just kind of an irre- irrelevant match. It was just kind of there. Uh, also, in a kind of a King of the Ring preview match, we had Ricochet and Miz versus Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre. Baron Corbin, yeah. So they're all kind of salted together. Miz versus Baron Corbin is happening next week. Drew McIntyre versus Ricochet. But Ricochet beat Baron Corbin clean here. Does that kind of doom Ricochet for King of the Ring? Because they tend to like to do that even booking. Yeah. Is Ricochet looking good? Ricochet and Miz here. That looks bad, doesn't it? Let let Ricochet get the moment here because Drew's going over. And, you know, frankly, I don't even know who to pick between uh, Baron Corbin or um, uh, The Miz. So I. Yeah. Oh, that, that's the one both I'm are, worried about. This hurts to say, but they're both kind of boring right now. They are. They are. Uh, Corbin hasn't really been exciting, well, in a long time. Uh, although I don't mind him as a worker, he just they haven't booked him to be exciting. No. And Miz as a face is getting slowly more and more stale. Not even slowly. It's just, yeah, it's getting stale like bread left out on the counter. Well, I got uh, excited. Well, I got excited on SmackDown. We'll talk about that. When we get back well, let's to get it. to SmackDown. I've got to talk a couple more things here. Yeah. Uh, Alexa, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross beat Fire and Desire. We thought last week, Nick, <laughs> this is proof that they, they listen and they don't care. We said last week Fire and Desire could be good opponents for uh, Cross and Bliss, and they said, you're right. Here, let's show you. See how good of opponents they are? Boom. Done. All right, that's over. No one's out. No one's in the pipeline now for Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. You're welcome. Mm. Uh, Elias... Has the 24-7 championship. He was going to give a feral performance and right after the sunset with it. But he got attacked and chased off by R-Truth. And then, okay, Nick, here we go. Here's the one where I think a lot of people, they blew up the Discord server. They were, they were banging down the doors because Rey Mysterio threatened to retire. He started, started to remove his mask and said, you know, I'm, I, just, I can't do what I used to do. My body's not moving the way my mind is telling it to. I think it's time for me to retire. And he began to take off his mask, which is a sign of a luchador retiring, even though he took his mask off in WCW. But shh, don't bring that up. He starts to take his mask off, and he's immediately stopped by his lumbering oaf of a son, Dominic, <laughs> who, can, who proceeds to cut the most unconvincing emotional promo of all time, saying, no, Dad, you can't retire yet. I've always dreamed of tag-teaming with you. And Ray said, "Okay, son. Yes, we're gonna we'll tag team together." Um, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not a patron of our show, you may have missed the bonus episode where Nick booked half the year, and I slowly tried to drink myself into a cold oblivion. Uh, Nick, how <laughs> how much did your head explode when they started to use your booking that we all thought was completely ridiculous? They started to use your booking on WWTV. Uh, it, it didn't start here. You can go back to, uh, was it SummerSlam when the OC walked in to Finn Balor in the locker room? Uh, you could call back reference to Fire and Desire uh, op- actually operating as a tag team. You could call the OC forming together as the phenomenal ones. I know that makes your head explode. Uh, but they didn't actually there's, tag, they there's didn't a call lot the that they've been ones. listening to, which Thank is God. why I said at the top of the show, I'm convinced that we have a mole in, in the patronage, and I, I am determined to find out which one of you works for WWE Creative because it's it's getting to a point where it's just too similar, and it's kind of scary that my, the stuff that's in my head that's absolutely batshit, bug-nutty crazy, they're actually starting to hint at doing on TV. <laughs> the funny thing is, is some like, yeah, sometimes you say stuff, like you book stuff that's just head-scratchingly insane, 
Um, but on other times, you say things that like, like this isn't insane. This actually is kind of a logical progression to the Rey Mysterio storyline, especially because we do know that in real life, he does want to get his son Dominic into wrestling. And this is one way to do it. To have his son debut with him, get his son over a little bit here. So in that sense, it does make, it does make sense that they would do this. That being said, is this going to be a complete shit show? Like yes. I'm worried about about Tom Nick just and completely Ray. yes. Oh God, <laughs> it's going to go down oh, in God. flames and it's going to be glorious to watch. And we're just all going to just you, everybody's going to go. Oh, they should have done Nick's idea. <laughs> I I don't know if they're ever going to say that, but at the same time. Oh. Yeah, I I am nervous about uh, Dominic Mysterio getting in the ring. I I am curious to see what you mean Guerrero. Ray's son can do uh, in this scenario. Obviously, he's going to be protected because he's teaming with his dad. But uh, and I suspect it will Ray be. Uh, I, I'm going to say it right now, and y'all can watch them listen and do exactly this. But it'll be Ray Mysterio getting beaten down for a significant portion of the match, hot tagging Dominic, who comes in, gets a few big you know the Rock esque moves, and then that's it. So. We'll see what happens with that. But, uh, Nick, that wasn't it for WWE this, this week. They had more things they ripped off from us over on SmackDown Live. Well, Corey Graves continues to be on vacation doing God knows Corey what. Corey Graves things. Yeah, doing Graves things. Uh, I didn't see going Carmella to a, this week. A screamo show, um, you know, new metal show, or getting some new tattoos or something like that. As Corey Graves looking horrible to his hair again. Sure, yeah. I don't know. He doesn't have any hair anymore. He shaved it off. <laughs> Probably for the best. Anyway, we had the the Harvard graduate himself, David Otunga, on the uh, commentary this week. Uh, so, Sir Ian Dangerous has named this SmackDown Live the David Otunga edition. Very aptly. Yes. Oh, man. Uh, well, we Listen, there were a lot of good things that happened. Uh, on this edition of SmackDown Live this week. Uh, and there were a lot of things that left me going, huh? The, I had to say, overall, the show was very strong. It was. But man, did it end on a terrible, terrible note. We'll get to that. Let's actually, let's, let's run down the sort of the main through line of the show. Daniel Bryan has, well, he had promised to bring out the true culprit behind the attacks on Roman Reigns, and he was leading around a hooded guy all night, put him in a chair and said, don't you move or I'll kill you. And uh, so he was going, I'm going to reveal who it is at the end of the show. All right, fine. Uh, In the meantime, he has a match with Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy, meanwhile, gets a confrontation with Roman Reigns. Roman saying, you say it's Rowan, you say it's not Rowan. What's going on, dude? Do I have to kick your butt? Buddy's saying, hey, man, I just said it, it looked like Rowan. What do you want from me? He has to go out and have a match with Daniel Bryan, and I'll be damned if Buddy Murphy and Daniel Bryan didn't just put on a great, fantastic WWE match. Yes, more please. Oh, yes. Good, good stuff, particularly because Buddy Murphy got to work one week as a heel with Roman, one week as a face with Daniel Bryan. He looked good in both matches. Man, he, did, he had that crowd. Sioux City, South Dakota, by the way. Which yeah. they didn't even mention who you guys were on SmackDown. I don't know if they were embarrassed by it, but they shouldn't have been because that crowd was lit up, and I liked it. Yes, uh, they were lit up for this match. We had we had Go Buddy chance. They got invested in this, and to to their credit, it was because the two performers in this match told a fantastic babyface story with with Buddy Murphy getting really beaten up by Daniel Bryan before mounting a comeback and gritting through some stuff and ended up beating Daniel Bryan clean as a whistle in the middle of the ring despite some Rowan interference. 
Um, fantastic yeah, how stuff. More, how many more times am I going to have to watch that um, that whole video package, by the way? Because it keeps getting longer because they keep doing it all the way from Adding the very stuff. beginning. Uh, and they keep bolting stuff onto the end of it. Like, it's going to be a, an hour of the show by the time we get yeah. done. We've watched it probably 20 times now between SummerSlam, the kickoff show, and the weekly programming of the last four weeks. I just, why? Just stop showing me the same shit over and over again. We get it. He's in a few. Well, the problem is, if you really look at the programming, how much of it is recaps. They even have, they interrupt ring entrances to do recaps on the storylines for these people. Like, give us the credit to just be able to pick up on it and don't, you don't have to baby feed us every single detail of a storyline. Yeah. Like, that's, that's actually a, an element of current WWE programming that really does rub me the wrong way is how much is taken up by excessive recapping. I don't mind a bullet point recap, the announcers recapping it through the match or whatever, but interrupting everything to show us, especially as you said, with how long this Roman one is getting with this ongoing saga of what's going on with Roman Reigns. Meanwhile, Roman Reigns was standing backstage and it's, it's getting to be too much. I completely agree. That being said, when you have elements of this whole thing, like the Daniel Bryan and Buddy Murphy match, like the Roman and Buddy Murphy match, Murphy wasn't even supposed to be a part of this whole thing, but because they need to drag it out until probably right before Clash of Champions, they're like, all right, he was in the background of that one shot. Let's make him a suspect and insert him into it. He just had two amazing matches with two of the top guys in WWE. How much do you think backstage is appreciating the fact that Buddy Murphy just grabbed the brass ring on this? Oh, yeah. Big time. And they changed his music again this week, so they're working on him. They're working oh, on his packaging. His, well, his music from last week was like bad creator wrestler, awful <laughs> stuff. Like it was just generic wrestler number one. This week was a little better. Yeah, it, it wasn't still great. wasn't techno Viking that I I want back. But this yeah. one was this one wasn't bad. I could actually jam this one. Uh, I can't wait for I, it to show up online so I can listen to it. You know, outside of the arena. Well, here's the thing. It reminds me a little bit of American Alpha's music when they first came out and the horns were really tinny. It was like the production was really awful on it. The song was there, but the production sounded like crap. Yeah. Um, this song that they have for Buddy Murphy, I feel if they tweak it and produce it a little bit more, it could be good. It could be listenable. Kind of like how Keith, uh, Pete Dunne's music is really, it's really boring, but they put so much punch into it that now you hear it and it does amp you up. I feel yeah. like this current Buddy Murphy music is kind of like that. But Come on, guys. I can do audio routing. I mean, look at this uh, stream. You know, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Route the audio from the live into the ears of the listeners rather than making us listen to the PA. You know, That's one no, of the big downfalls catch- of New Japan. You have to listen to the entrance themes over the PA coming in over your speakers. They well, should be only able to pipe the that directly to it, like out to TV. Osprey and, and whatnot. <sighs> but... Uh, yeah. But at any rate, so later on the show, Buddy Murphy gets beaten down for beating Daniel Bryan. Once again, I, I think if they're going to try and make Bert Murphy look like kind of a badass face uh, who fights upwards, it's a good way to do it that they're doing right now. He's getting beaten down by impossible odds. You know, He got beaten up by Roman, but still stands up to him and, yeah. and gave him a respectable match. He beat Daniel Bryan and then took his licks for doing so. I think they're doing a good job of, of leaving Buddy Murphy with a lot to work with here. So I like, I like that. But I didn't like the fact that at the end of the show, Roman came to uh, Daniel Bryan and Rowan's little cubicle room in the back of the arena uh, where the hooded man was sitting. And the hooded man was unmasked. (laughs) 
Nick, I don't know how to describe this better than this was like a Scooby-Doo thing. This was like Old Man Withers was unmasked, and he turned out to be a guy who was... I think I think they were trying to make us believe that it was just a guy who looked exactly like Rowan, but a little bit older and kind of funky. Even he's even sat the same way and like sniffed the same way, but like a very obviously glued on large red beard. I don't no, think they, he was. They found to, I don't a, think it was like supposed to be made up to look like him. I think he was genuinely supposed to be him. Yeah, be like him, but what? Like, no, hell? no, it wasn't was Rowan. It was this that. guy that looks just like him, right? Yeah. Who is this guy? Why is he here? What is his role here? Why? What is the? Huh? Like, is it, is it? I think that it was supposed to be funny. We have no idea how they were supposed to be playing this. I thought it was I, I can't tell if it was supposed to be amusing or if they were genuinely like, no, no, no. They found the guy. I think it was very clever and, and brilliant. And you were left without explaining who this guy is. You were left to your own interpretation. And I thought that was a brilliant cliffhanger tune in next week where we'll play the entire recap of the entire thing from beginning all the way up to this point now and it'll take 20 <laughs> minutes no I, I i thought this was really clever a clever way to end the show um really truthfully. you like this i did like this because it's smart it's clever uh it's it, smart what how please explain to me in what way it's smart i that's right over my head how is because it really smart- was rowan but he's trying to throw roman off the scent by pitching him this other guy who is this other guy though how doesn't is it matter throwing anybody off it's the funny scent? it's clever it's you know no it wasn't rowan roman it was uh this guy with a red beard yeah that's the ticket i yeah, feel I'm like always- someone's trying to explain to me that there are like deep psychosocial underpinnings in billy madison uh, what <laughs> I don't under I don't understand how you are, see this actually. as being smart, where they don't give us any context to appreciate what this what the point of this was. Like, why? Who is this guy supposed to be? How did they find him? Why was he doing all this to Roman and happened to look exactly like Rowan? This this doesn't throw anyone off the trail of anything. This is just it was just ridiculous. It made me feel like the writers. Are making this up as they go on this this to me okay if anyone out there ever watched the show lost this is one of my albatrosses this is one of my my consistent horses that i go back and beat is that show could have been one of the greatest shows in the history of television and while it was going on the writers would openly say when people said what you guys you guys know what's going on right this is all so confusing how do you keep it straight and the writers all said don't worry we got this we know exactly what's happening with the show but, of course, if you know anything about Damon Lindelof, you know that he loves to write in a way that asks questions that he, even he does not have answers for. Yeah. And all he does is just say, well, it just happened. Don't worry about it. Exhibit A, Prometheus. Ex- ex- right. Oh, that's a, that's a prime exhibit where he just throws things out there and they have no explanation in the universe. He's like, ah, the fans will just figure it out. That's how Lost was written. And that's how what we found out when they finally finished Lost and they had a completely bungled ending. I don't care what people say. They had no idea what they were doing with that show. And the writers came out afterwards and openly admitted as they were writing that show, they had no idea where they were going and they were just told to keep people guessing because that was the nature of the show. That is what this feels like. Let's do something crazy that makes people go, oh, that's a really smart twist. What if this guy really is Rowan's evil twin brother? No, they're they're just they did something dumb to to kill time to make you think that they've got a bigger plan going on here. That's what it feels like to me. Okay. <laughs> 
Good retort. Okay. Good retort. Yep. I guess we'll see as as, as it we was go weird forward, to end the show. It was weird to to go out to go to black with Roman standing there just kind of scratching his beard and going, "Hmm, who is this man? Why does he look exactly like Rowan?" It yeah, makes well, it means. makes Roman look kind of dumb, you know, and just duh, okay, you know. I, I just I... it makes Daniel Bryan and Rowan look kind of dumb too because if they were like if they were trying to trust this guy up as being the real culprit, like. That's what they came up with. Yeah, this, this is dumb all around. I don't, I don't know how you think this is smart. Uh, real quick before we move on, Rowan shirt watch. Rowan, Rowan shirt watch. Excellent one this week. Yes. Satyricon. Satyricon. I Fantastic. Think it's his first, like, first genuine black metal shirt. Uh, and by the way, if you're not into black metal, that's a great entry level band for black metal. Satyricon's fantastic. Yes. All uh, right. Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton continues. This week, uh, Randy Orton coming out, cutting a promo on Kofi, saying he loved the watching, making Kofi watch as they trash Xavier Woods' leg. Uh, Kofi's music hits. Randy's ready for him. But Kofi, with a trouble in paradise out of nowhere from behind on Randy, and uh, he goes and tries to break Randy's leg with a chair, but Randy gets saved by the beaten-up Revival uh, because the Revival had been beaten up earlier in the evening. Uh, what is the... Does this... Do you think that this is heading towards Hell in a Cell? Uh, that mm. might be out of left field, by the way. But to me, this feels like this is escalating so much. This isn't going to end at Clash of Champions. They're going to take this all the way to October with Hell in a Cell. That's, just, that's me just picking it out of the air. I will say this- I like Revival and Randy Orton against all three members of the New Day and the various combinations that you could come up with for matches and booking there. I, I do like that. I didn't ever think that I would say that out loud, but it kind of works. Randy Orton with the revival works. You've already got a hashtag, right? You know, you, you've got the merch. Sell the merch already. Hell, I might even put that on a on a t shirt so we can. Anyway, even the style of working, style of working, where the revival yeah. are very old school. Randy's very old school. Yes, uh, you know, stomping hands and working. You know, no flips, just fist, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it works really well, and I would have never put those two together, but it, man, it's it's kind of genius. So I'm not mad at this. Does it go to Hell in a Cell? I don't. I don't know. We're gonna have a six man tag in Hell in a Cell. We had New Day and uh, who was no, it a I couple think, years I'm ago? I'm just talking about Randy and Kofi. This is, this has gotten to a level of physicality and violence where, to me, it screams like this is gonna have to blow off in a cell. Yeah. It's no, just, that, that's my. I think Randy and Kofi will continue to to ramp up to. I thought you were referring to the the six man New Day no, versus no, no. FTR Kofi and Randy. I'll, I'll say this though: we had that combination shatter machine set up into an RKO that was one of the best things I've ever seen. Frankly, <laughs> in wrestling, uh, please keep doing that because that was fantastic. So my my other question is: is having Kofi get this brutal like like what happened at the end of his match? Uh, at SummerSlam and what's happening here where he went to break Randy's leg in reciprocity for what happened to Xavier. Is that in any way, do you think that that's contradictory to his New Day kind of happy-go-lucky persona, or is it necessary to have people take Kofi seriously? The latter. I think it's necessary because at this point he's he's been a little of a yay, happy-go-lucky, I'm in New Day, here's some pancakes. Uh, He's had a couple of moments of strength uh, of cutting some pretty good uh, promos on people, um, but yeah, mostly he's been viewed as you know this tiny little link, you know, lanky streak of piss. That's Kofi Kingston. That's gonna he's the champion currently, right? So he's yeah, he's 
now that he's actually going out there and doing some stuff that's a little bit vicious, it's showing a different side of him. I don't know if it's good for his face persona, uh, but I'm not mad at it. I like physicality. I want to see these guys. I want to see Kofi Kingston get up to the level of the Revival and, and Randy Orton. You know, uh, funnily enough, I tend to like when faces get vicious, and especially comedy faces, when they, you know, it, as a way to underpin that, hey, I can be happy-go-lucky and fun-loving, but don't piss me off. Yeah, I tend to like that. I, and I, the very first show we ever did is Funny Money. You know, I think that at a certain point to establish yourself as a legitimate contender, you have to drop the funny stuff and the comedy and yep. prove that you can be serious. The thing is with here... And we've always given New Day that, props for being able to do that, right? Exactly. But yeah. the thing is they always did it without getting to a kind of a scary, psychotic level. And I feel like Kofi... There's been a couple of times where it just seems like for some reason, it's not translating that he's doing this because Randy has pushed him too far. He's yeah. doing it because he's just he's really psychotic. Like, eh. I don't know. It's 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 walking that line for me right now. I'm curious to see where they go with it. Yeah, me too. Uh, we, uh, keep going. Though, also have I like the programs. I like the fan, uh, the promos. I like. The, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. So keep going yep. with it. Yep, not mad at it at all. I do like him still working the Randy Orton feud, even if they are overusing the word stupid a lot. Stupid. I think it works for Randy Orton. It works. Well, he I mean, said their backstory, right? Way. The, the, that they've told us a dozen times now. It, it fits. So I'm not mad yeah. at it. Yeah. I could listen to Randy Orton say stupid all day because it is, it is, it's a beautiful way he enunciates it. Stupid. <laughs> uh, we also had a, a uh, revival match versus Heavy Machinery. They challenged New Day for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships at Clash of Champions, which we mentioned on our Raw segment. Um, but the Revival beat Heavy Machinery probably as a way to legitimize them in the SmackDown tag world and show that they, are the, they should be the uh, first in line for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Were you fine with how this all worked out? New Day not being there, Revival challenging them, and then beating Heavy Machinery. Did that all work for you to build this match? Yeah, I, I wasn't mad at it. I thought it was a fantastic match. I thought that Heavy Machinery is coming along, guys. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm continually kind of impressed with how much they're progressing. You know, it, and... You know, not to say that it was all their fault in the very beginning when they first debuted. Well, the way they were getting booked and utilized was very poor. But we've seen them in the last couple of months, probably since probably since the yeah, last couple of months, we've seen them have some legitimate matches and face off against legit teams and actually do very well and come out looking strong, whether or not they get the win. So I mean, they certainly entertain Daniel Ryan and Rowan. Uh, you saw them this week with the revival, you know. So they're having some good matches. I think they're a future championship team, um, but I, just not yet. I, I like where but the revival's at right now. They need to carry carry some belts. What you're saying is heavy machinery now on the main roster is basically kind of where they were in NXT, so, where they're yeah, like a couldn't mid, quite mid get over the hump. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right? a good way to they're, put it. They're, they're never quite there for the belts, but everyone loves them when they come out. I mean, it yep. could be worse. They, they could be the Ascension. Yes. Uh, King of the Ring did continue on the show. We had Andrade Cien Almas versus Apollo Cruz and uh, Kevin Owens versus Elias. Uh, let's breeze through Andrade and Apollo. Not really surprised here. Andrade picks up the win. Uh, once again, they're copying from our show. Last week I said that it would be great to have Andrade be called El Rey, given his uh, recent feud with Rey Mysterio. Maybe it was just too logical to start calling him El Rey if he, if he wins the king of the ring, but I'll be damned if Tom Phillips and Byron Saxon don't owe me money for ripping that off uh, <laughs> because they, they dropped that a few times on this show. Is it? Yep. Andrade wants to be El Rey Andrade. 
Um, I, hey, I think it would be a good gimmick for him. I, I, he's my dark horse to go all the way. Mm. Uh, I think he could be. A, it would be a really good king of the ring, and it would show that they're confident in him, and they really do want to propel him up the ranks. Uh, he's like the. I think the definition of a guy who could take that and really run with it too. So, mm. uh, let's talk more. By the way, also this was Otunga's moment of the week here. Uh, we're in this match. He was putting over Apollo Cruz, and they mentioned that he was the, the, uh, uh, at one point. Andrade came off the top rope, and Apollo drop kicked him in midair. And Otunga pointed out that Apollo is the same size as Otunga, and Otunga's like, I can't even fathom doing a drop kick at that height. That's how athletic Apollo is. He's my size, and dude's doing six foot high drop kicks. I thought that was a great call. That's actually the one of the finest calls I've ever heard Otunga give. So props where props is due. Yes. But let's talk about Kevin Owens. I, I, I'm not sure I want to, honestly. Uh, I, I just I, I, I can't get my head around what's it. going on here. Let me set you up, and then I'm going to let you go with this because okay. Kevin Owens went to the backstage to talk to Shane and said, Shane, that $100,000 fine is really rough, man. That's a mortgage. That's my kid's college. Like I'm a working-class dude. I can't afford that. I'm not like you. I didn't come from money. That really stings. And Shane was like, let me think about it. Kevin Owens came back later in the show said, would you please remove that fine? It's really rough. And Shane said, apologize. And without hesitation, Kevin Owens said, I'm really sorry. I'll never put my hands on an official again. And Shane said, good, because if you do, you're fired. And Kevin Owens said, I'm really sorry, man. Before we get to the match with Elias, how did this make you feel about the Kevin Owens character? Took all the wind out of his sails. Before we even got to the match, I feel like it took all the wind out of his sails unless they flip him in a way that just says, oh, yeah, I just said that to not have to pay you $100,000 later on, right? I, this is so wishy-washy and back and forth, I can't get my head around what they're doing here. Let's talk about the match, because then I can talk about everything else without spoiling anything. All right. Well, I, it's pretty straightforward. He had a match with Elias. Shane came out, revealed at the end of the match that he had a referee shirt on, Fast counted him, screwed Kevin Owens out of the king of the ring. The guy who a lot of people were picking to go all the way, that bracket is busted thanks to the best in the world. And uh, Elias is now moving forward. Kevin Owens is out, screwed by Shane McMahon. So not only did Kevin Owens have to suck it up and apologize. By the way, he didn't even think about apology. He just did it. He then got screwed out of the king of the ring. So where are you at now, Nick, with all of this? I'm at where I've been for a long time going all the way back to pre-mania with Miz and Shane. I'm just done with Shane. Oh. And there was a point where it was like, yeah, I'm just getting worked and it's it's, you know, that's exactly the intent. No, I'm I'm past that now. I am I am done. It's not entertaining wow. to me. It's you're not funny. Uh you're not clever. You you bring nothing to the program and all you're doing is typical McMahon stuff where you're kind of putting yourself over at the expense of some of your the best people on the roster. Take a and step I, back from yourself for a second. Are you being worked? Is that the point that they're trying to, to, to... Is that what they're trying to do with Shane, is make people feel how you're feeling right now? I mean, do we have to ride this all the way to the ultimate blow-off of Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon at WrestleMania? Are we going to be here for another eight, nine months to get to that point where we get that payoff? Because, good God, I don't want to go on that ride. That sounds miserable. So, I, when is, if what you speculate is true, 
yes, it will make it that much more worth it. We kind of said the same thing about Miz and Shane, though, and it never materialized. That did kind of fizzle, but it seemed like they just they just turned the ship into Kevin Owens when Kevin Owens finally went face. Fair. What's interesting here is I feel like you'll feel differently next week. I feel like this was a setup for Kevin Owens to really explode. Uh, if he week, figures out like, a way to talk himself or work himself back into the tournament somehow, that's that's the only thing. That. Somebody gets injured and somehow he still ends up, you know, pulling it. I don't. I don't know. Let's let, let me let me let me stop real quick. I think the best case scenario would be that this is all a build up to have Kevin Owens absolutely lose his mind and turn into like a vigilante on Shane and SmackDown in general. That would be the best possible option so that that would actually then undercut like how we feel right now about him apologizing and being kind of weak at this point. He has to go through these moments of weakness to become strong eventually, and he won't have those weaknesses in the future because he realizes they get him nowhere. That would be a good trajectory, I think, for his character, and that would actually validate what's going on with the plot of Shane and Kevin Owens right here. What would not be good is if Elias runs the whole thing with help from Shane, and then at the very end, Shane sneaks in and becomes King Shane. That's the, that, is, that is the darkest timeline. And those are two things that are both being speculated as, as possibly happening. I, I don't know what I would do. I what have would to prepare you do, though, myself in the for first that possibility, situation? honestly, because it's not that far-fetched that they really drive home. Like, this is the moonshot. This is the this is the end all be all. Like Shane beat Miz at Mania. Uh, he's taken down Kevin Owens and gotten him kicked out of King of the Ring, and now he's going to go just win King of the Ring himself at the expense of Andrade, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, everybody. Everybody. He's going to go win it. the 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 WWE universe will collectively turn on WWE burn. if that happens. They'll burn it down. Good I will Lord. say, I, I will say this: He would be the best king in the world. Uh, moving before oh. we move on to the next section, uh, Elias had a wonderful bit in the back with Drake Maverick before this match, where as he's walking down the aisle, the the halls in the back, he realizes that the hooded man rummaging through some stuff conspicuously on the side is actually referee John Cone in a hoodie, and he asks him, "Where is he?" Cone just kind of sheepishly pushed put points to a a box on the other side and Elias reaches in there and pulls out Drake Maverick who as he's pulling him out by the neck Drake goes I got you this I can't do this bit justice I haven't laughed this hard at a bit in a while <laughs> all because everyone in this played this to perfection this to me was comedy done right in WWE it was yeah. this was beautiful I, I love this I just want to throw that out there uh, definitely a bit worth going and watching so, the, but it was basically just to establish the twenty-four-seven rules were suspended for the night. So no and the little throwaway line that Drake Maverick had at the end of um, uh, "I just want to consummate my marriage." I just want to consummate my marriage. <laughs> the whole thing was beautiful. Um, yeah. Not so beautiful. Chad Gable talking about his opportunity at King of the Ring next week versus former tag partner Shelton Benjamin talking about how he's been overcoming things his entire career. People telling him he's too. Small to go to the Olympics. He's too, or too small for WWE. He's not good enough to go to the Olympics, and he proved them wrong every time. And he turns around to Shelton Benjamin in the meantime has put a little sign on the door behind him that says, you must be this tall to enter the king of the ring. Another short joke. 
Um, Nick, I'm just going to preface this and your thoughts on it with the fact that WWE this week has trademarked a wrestler name, Shorty G. Oh, no. How are you feeling about the consider? This is not the, this is not the first time. We also had uh, Robert Roode give him some crap for being small. What do you think about the ongoing short jokes on Chad Gable? Probably one up there with Cesaro as being the most underutilized guy on the roster. You know, I didn't really overthink this too much. I didn't really think too much about him called being called Shorty G and things like that. I thought it was interesting that the one thing that you're going to do with Chad Gable is put him right back with Shelton Benjamin. And I was just like, come on, guys. You know, leave him on 205 Live, let him get absorbed by NXT, and let him go have some baller-ass matches. I, whatever they're shaving his hair, hair, cutting all his hair off and all that stuff, just what have you done? You yeah. Know? I, I just yeah. I don't know what they – let them repackage him. Maybe he comes back with a vengeance, and we're, we can all, you know, uh, you know, put our foots back in our mouths. But until then, I it, this is might be one of the more recent squanders uh, in before of, he comes out with the dancing rapper gimmick, yeah, uh, right. Shorty G, Chad Gable, one of the greatest wrestlers on their roster, and he's a he's a dancing rapper. Uh, that being said, as far as utilization, I thought they also had a brilliant turn into utilizing someone to their fullest well, not maybe not fullest potential, but certainly to a potential. Uh, we had Miz TV special guest Sami Zayn who was out there to complain about his loss on Monday and realize that his real power wasn't necessarily in matches because he's been losing a lot. But it wasn't altruism. That's helping out other people who, who need his particular type of help. And the person he decided to help first and foremost, intercontinental ghost, excuse me, champion, Shinsuke Nakamura, who came out and basically just said, yep, Sammy's my spokesperson now. How awkward is it that the first 10 seconds of Shinsuke's entrance is now just silence and opening instrument cases? And yeah. like, like, where is his pop? Where is his bang? Where is his glass shatter? That's it's the funny kind of because they I've... intentionally changed his music because fans were chanting along to it. That was literally oh. the explanation that they gave for why they changed it. They was like, oh, well, he's going to be heel. We can't have fans chanting along to his heel music. Okay. <laughs> so you took one of what was at the time the greatest entrances in WWE and hamstrung it. Cool. Good that for aside, you. Congratulations. this is a good move. This is a fantastically smart move because one of the things that's been consistently off with Shinsuke is his presentation in terms of promos. They have been making him cut promos where he's got reasonably good English, but it's very heavily accented. Um, and when he's got the mouth guard in, it's especially bad. And then you have Sami Zayn, who's an absolute murderer on the mic and who just sold the hell out of Nakamura it was almost like an audition for selling Nakamura in, in, on Miz TV this week where he went off on him for about two minutes and put him over. And it was like, I was like, yeah, this is fantastic. This is great stuff. And then, of course, they murdered Miz, and that was the segment. I love this idea of like little yappy Sami Zayn and just kind of silent killer Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm, I'm in on this. Oh, me too. I, I want to see what, what transpires. But I here's the thing I wanted to talk about with this. This is the opportunity for Miz. We've been waiting for this for a long time. We've been waiting for Miz to get his Intercontinental title back for a long, long, long time. And I think this might be the moment. I think this might be the time where we're going to see Miz go on another string of Intercontinental title reigns 
to surpass that goal that he was so very close to uh, before he flipped. He needs so, one more rain to tie the all-time. Yep. He needs, I believe, two or three more months of a rain to pass the all-time uh, like all-time cumulative number of days holding the IC belt. He's very close to getting two absolutely enormous records with the Intercontinental belt. So if he picks it up and drops it and picks it up again, he'll have the new uh, number one spot. This is a program. I, I don't know if we're going to get Ms. Nakamura. After this, it's possible. Um, it's certainly, if you think about it, it might, I'm trying to think when Maurice is due, I believe it's in four months or so. Okay. So it might time out that I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do the math in my head of when he's got the new baby coming, how long he'd have to have the belt before he, he got the, you know, try to align everything. So we're all happy for his at the same time. Right. But that could be interesting. That, that is definitely an interesting speculation given the fact that, he and the Intercontinental Belt are so closely intertwined across his career. Yep. So, I one think more it's time. thing on SmackDown. What's that? Oh, I said yeah, I Ron think it's time. Report. Yeah, and and Sammy and Nakamura. That's all good stuff. Yeah. Um, that being said, I think that's going to be divisive. Uh, the next thing, whether it's good or bad, a moment of bliss happened. Charlotte was on it. She uh, talked smack about Bailey. That brought Bailey out. Bailey accepted the challenge from Charlotte for Clash of Champions for her title. Charlotte back in a title picture again, this time against Bailey. Does Bailey need to win this here, uh, or should Charlotte? Does Charlotte deserve her tenth reign right now? And if so, if Charlotte gets her reign, what the hell happens then to the SmackDown ta- uh, women's division? That's a big meta question. Um, <laughs> That's what we're here for. Do I do I think Charlotte will win this now? Possibly. It's really 50-50. Bailey's not doing so hot. Bailey's not coming out like every week just super hot, in my opinion. She's not accepting all challengers and taking everybody. I don't feel like that she has that champion presence. Like no. I, that's what's missing. Charlotte does. And if Even I'm, her physicality I'm, at the end of this segment, I'll, I'll, I'll just speak on that real quick, because at the end of it, she says, oh, by the way, Charlotte, I forgot to give you something, and pushes her off of her chair. Loved that. Um, Really, because it felt like high school stuff to me. <laughs> I, I love that we finally got something like that out of Bailey. Like something. Like do something, right? At the but end it, of the day. Again, it was, it was the presence. It was how she did it. It wasn't that she did it. It was how she did it. it made me just kind of go, eh. It felt catty. like a little girl. You know, it was a little, little schoolgirl bully, pushy kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? And that's kind of role reversal in a way. Like Charlotte should be doing that kind of stuff, if I'm being honest. But um, Charlotte's going to, I think Charlotte's eventually going to get this back um i'd be impressed if I'd, I'd really like it if one person held onto the belt for a while i'd really like it if oscar got involved with this and we didn't have charlotte again you know i don't want to start that whole argument up again but you know does charlotte need another reign no is she going to get it hell yes she's going to get it she's going to end she up with she's going to end up with champion. more title reigns than her damn daddy so it's it's she's inevitable. well on her way <laughs> yeah that's for sure but uh but yeah we will see hashtag more wrestling one thing's my way. Hashtag said, justice she, for Oscar. Yes, I know. But that being said, Charlotte does deserve to be in the title picture because she's freaking Charlotte. And she of is course. one, like you said, she's got the presence. Of course. She has that presence that almost none of the other women have. And until they have someone else who comes along, who gets to that level, who feels at that level, going to keep having those title shots. She's going to keep holding titles. 
That's just how it works. Tune in next week when we put Charlotte Flair and Lacey Evans in a tag team for the Raw ta- Women's Tag Championships. I mean, they've already been in a tag team, and they I thought they looked they and worked do pretty bad. well together. It looked pretty good, actually. Just saying. Yeah. That being said, Nick, that is it for the major WWE programming, but there's plenty more wrestling to talk about on today's show. But to do that, we have to head over and talk about the wide world of wrestling. Woo, NXT was good this week. I really liked it. <laughs> it was all the things we didn't get last week. Last week was all recaps. This week was all action. A yes. lot of matches, a lot of things happening. Lots uh, of matches got off. booked for we know what's coming in the next two to three weeks. It, it, yeah. Ah! yeah, there's a, there was a lot that was set up. It was a very packed episode. We're going to have to try to run through it here. We have a lot of show left to go to. Uh, Undisputed Era came out. Of course, they gloated about the fact that Adam Cole is now on the top of the mountain. He still has his title. But... Before they got out of there, they uh, established that the, that uh, Cole, excuse me, that Bobby Fish and uh, Kyle O'Reilly were screwed out of their tag belts uh, because there was a missed tag, and that Roderick Strong wasn't pinned in the uh, North American Championship match, so he wants another shot at Velveteen Dream. Okay, yep. they start to leave. Before they get out of there, out comes Jordan Miles, who mm. just won the breakout tournament, and he came out completely stone cold faced, dressed like he just got out of work at the office. And uh, presented that uh, that old contract he's got to take a shot at anyone's title. Presented it to Adam Cole, who said, Just "Go after anybody else, man. What are you doing? I'll ruin your career." How money is Adam Cole on the mic, by the way? Oh, if that, if we haven't established that yet, good lord! Oh yeah, we said we say all the time. We say it all the time. Adam Adam Cole is lights out, and there's really no one in the undisputed era who I mean, maybe Strong is a step or two behind everybody else, but even he's not bad. You know, especially as a heel. That, I see you making that face. I know you're not a big fan of of, uh, of Roderick Strong's mic skills. I think he does just fine. Robot he does, Strong, I'm here he to does cut a promo just for fine. you. He's better as a heel than a face. I'll give you that. Oh, I'll now. get you Velveteen Dream. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we're live now so I can actually do that on video because I used to do the robot hands. And I'd be the only one Robotic seeing it and shaking my head. Uh, uh, that... That being said, okay, but being the worst member of the Undisputed Era on the mic it still means you're pretty damn good, is all I'm going to say. Uh, that being said, Miles very silently dropped the, uh, the contract in front of them and walked away. So it looks like we're going to get Jordan Miles versus Adam Cole. Looking forward to that. Uh, and it looks like we're also going to get Velveteen Dream versus Roderick Strong. Dream came out later on his couch and accepted uh, Strong's challenge. Said, "Fine, let's do this. You want oh, another I shot?" I love this Dream? so much. This is my favorite Velveteen Dream thing that Velveteen Dream does. Is, is the is couch pushed out on the couch? Oh man, with a, with a couple of uh, uh, respect. No, that, that's fine. That, that's besides the point. But just the fact that he has like sort of servants wheeling him out onto his plush velvet couch uh, is just f- fantastic. Uh, just do this more <laughs> often. The first time he did that, I, I nearly lost my shit. I, th- I thought it was one of the best things <laughs> we I've both ever did. seen. We, we were laughing our heads off when he did it. Yep. Uh, it keeps getting better and better, and I love the fact that Dream is turning also some of his promos a little bit more into that gold dust androgyny tweaking a little bit. He's like, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's in the ring or backstage with all the boys in the locker room, Dream always likes to be on top because that's where the spotlight is. It's just that little tweak, <laughs> that little tweak. Love it. But he's, but he's coming out, you know, being let out on his couch by a couple of beautiful women. It's it's 
old school gold dust stuff, just not quite as <laughs> perhaps tone deaf in the modern era. Right. But it's, it's good stuff. Looking forward to uh, Dream versus Strong whenever they get that. Who knows what it yes, does when it's done. But uh, I would love to see Dunn going for Cole. That would be a nice next step. Mm. We also had a match. Uh, Mansoor. Mansoor, Saudi Arabian prospect Mansoor versus Damian Priest. Mm, yes. In, uh, yes, Damian Priest. Uh, who, you know, I like that Mansoor is just full-on baby face. Hang uh, on. I actually have a new on. toy that I can play with. Watch this. Oh, Hello, no. I'm, I'm Damian Priest. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll leave that alone. Never mind. We'll play with the voice modulators again sometime. What even? Okay, I have no idea what just happened. Uh, <laughs> Damien Priest has this has a kind of flashy entrance. He's got a big, long, drawn out. Kind of reminds me of early Baron Corbin entrance a little bit in some ways. Um, uh, what do you yeah. think about his entrance presentation? I'm, I'm not 100. It's, it's sold okay. On. I mean, the 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 shooting the arrow to the flaming name is is. It's cheesy, but I, I I'm not mad at it. I want him to be almost. You know, Gangrel esque. If you come out with the shades on and Ugh. in a black leather trench coat, opened up with no shirt on. You know, just if you're gonna be that role, I mean, just dive in head first because you're kind of half-assing it right now. Trivia, trivia. Uh, the Brood entrance, my favorite entrance of all time, including the music. By the way, wow. that is that is the greatest entrance in professional wrestling history, in my opinion. Uh, there have been some Even recently that are, that are that are that that might in time become better, uh, but that is still the greatest entrance they've pulled oh off God. every week. They pulled it off every week, and it was that good. Not like once Finn Balor's demon entrance was really good. I'm talking about every week the brood entrance was sick. Yes, sick. That being said, I'm not. I'm not. I think it's still a little bit messy. Priest's entrance. There's no. It's just kind of a lot of parts and there's he was, no he's real finding his way through it you know it, I, I don't fault him too much this is a new they've completely repackaged him it. from from yeah. punishment martinez they're going to figure it out they're going to get it right it's going to be fantastic it's, yeah. in its current form it's feeling a little bit it's yeah it's a little infantile still it's yeah. still getting there it needs yeah. to grow yeah. they, they found lots of new things to do with like even when um oh uh, there's a couple of people that whose entrances evolved over time sanity's entrance evolved over time it wasn't always the same thing, um, yeah. So they, they've got they've got ways to 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 grow with it, but uh, but at the same time, I, I like his presentation. Uh, I'm glad that they hired Ijo de Fantasma to the Performance Center because he can actually show Damian Priest how to draw back a bowstring for crying out loud. <laughs> actually, make that look good. Um, do you feel like so? We were talking earlier about NXT setting up for being two hours on TV. Are these two guys who you feel that they're – there there's a few of these matches where I feel like they're setting up a lot of people and getting them back in our consciousness for that TV. Are these two guys you think are going to have a bigger presence once they go to two hours? Mansoor and Damian Priest? Yes. Priest, yes. Mansoor, maybe. Okay. Um, I think there's so much talent at the top right now circling the championships between the tags, the North American, and the NXT championship – uh, you know, and then you throw in the sideshows that we have going on with Matt Riddle and Killian Dane. They're all top car stuff. I don't know if Mansoor and Damian Priest are at that level yet. So yeah, I, I, my hope is is that more guys get more time than just the top of the card or circling the championships when we go to a two hour show. I guess it depends on you know. My speculation is they're going to absorb two hundred five live. If that happens, 
Not so That's, much. If not, well, and they've got two hours of actual live programming to put on, yeah, I think you're going to see a lot more, maybe the introduction of an additional title um, in addition to the North American Championship. So yeah. I, I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm all in on this. I'm going along for the ride. I can't wait for it. So I think, I think they've got to utilize Priest while they can. He's not a spring chicken. And yeah. Lord knows he has enough experience. Like You could make him a big deal in NXT very quickly, and I think they should or they waste a potential opportunity with him. Uh, Mia Yim had a match against Vanessa Bourne, which she won fairly handily. Props to Vanessa Bourne for improving a lot since we first saw her. Uh, she even ate, uh, she did, uh, what is it, Soul Food? Is that what Mia Yim's finisher is called? Yeah. Uh, Mia Yim's, no, they uh, changed sorry. it. Isn't it Code Blue or something like that? No, it's the, the it's like a code breaker. But uh, I think it's supposed to be, it, was, it used to be Eat Defeat where she, would drop him onto the sole of her shoe, but now it's like a co- like a sideways. Yeah, it's a code modified uh, go to sleep where she falls on her back, like a code cross between a code breaker and a go to sleep. Kind yeah, of. but whatever it is, Vanessa Bourne sold it like death. She sold it like Scott Hall eating a stunner from Stone Cold. It was yeah. it was really well done. But then here's the interesting twist: the four horsewomen came out. Shayna Baszler and her goons came out to tell Mia Yim, "Hey, you know what? You're a badass. You took me further than anybody else has ever taken me. Join us." As as a uh, as you should have seen the Robin look on my face when Mara referred to them as the horsewomen. The horsewomen, yep. Uh, <laughs> join us. Yet another one die. of those moments where there's a mole. I'm going to find you. I'm going to find you. <laughs> so what did you think about Mia Yim obviously rejected their advances? Are we going to get more Mia Yim and Shayna Baszler? And if so, are they building for Mia Yim to take the belt here? You know, when this match started and Vanessa Bourne and who I affectionately refer to as Armenian Carmella, came out to, to the ring. I was like, I liked this because... <laughs> I liked this because Mia Yim previously had, uh, oh, no. had fought Shayna Baszler and lost. And in a way, as shitty as it is to say about Vanessa Bourne and... Um, Aaliyah. Carmenian... Armenian Car- Carmenian? <laughs> Armenian Carmella. Uh, Aaliyah. As shitty it is to say about them, it feels like Mia was like, okay, reset her position. She's got to go back down to the mid-card and work her way back up. And I was like, oh, wow. This is, yeah, I like this. Make Mia Yim prove herself again to get back into contention for the women's championship. Uh, and then Shayna came out, and I was just like, oh, God. Okay. Eh. I didn't mind this so much. I just wish they would have left it alone. Um, we didn't need to see this. Like, what did it accomplish? We could have just had Mia pattern? Yim like, work her way back up through the TV card. Stars? And and get back to Shayna organically, so I don't know. I, yeah, I, I'm torn again. I think I think it might just be a holding pattern until we get to TV. Uh, sure. By the way, Will James in the in the uh, chat here. Thank you. Protect your neck. They keep yes, renaming you, the damn thing. Uh, <laughs> she's had like three or four different finishers. But thank you, Will James. Uh, we also had a long video promo for Dijak Kovic Dijak Lee. Uh, who look like their feud's back on now that Dijak is healthy and uh, Lee is healthy and it looks like we're going to get a nice Dijak-Lee feud. They did a, a, they, they ran down their history, both in and out of the company. I'm, I'm, about time! We've been yep. wanting this since they got there. Yep. It's a you shame that they both kind of got injured one after the other or around the same time and you know, the I love that it almost by accident ended on a double count out to leave the cliffhanger there, and then we got reports that they were injured. So now we're coming back to it after months. 
right where well, we left off. Four, three, three or four months at least, right where we left off, picking right back up and going, both of them going, I wasn't done with you. And just, yes, yes, give me this all day. This is all we ever wanted. Yep. Keith Lee yeah. and Dijak again. Oh, it's, yes. And, and I hope that, that before I felt like they were going to build it slowly um, and slowly reveal what they could do, now they're openly saying, hey, we, do big, we are big boys that do small boy things. Right, they're they're coming at it with that. I, I hope they come out of the gate hot now instead of trying to slowly let us in on the knowledge that they can do these things. They're just going to come out and blow doors because they don't have time to waste anymore. They got to get this going. I can't wait to see it. Um, hopefully, this is one of those ones that people get really surprised by because I, I think a lot of people are not ready for what this is going to be. Uh, we also had another match between two people who could be uh, kind of not all my big deals, but definitely fill out a two-hour show. Bronson Reed from the uh, from the breakout tournament. And Shane Thorne, formerly of TM61, they had a match. A couple of Aussies. I'm not even going to try my Australian accent. It's basically Paul Hogan on a bender. I'm not even going to try to do it. Uh, they had an, uh, an Aussie versus Aussie match, which was, I thought, nice and entertaining. I, I, I've been down a little bit down on Shane Thorne in the past, but this was in a very entertaining match. Went longer than I thought it would, too. Eh, it was fine. It, there was, I don't know that we'll get any more out of this. There, there wasn't much there, but... Yeah, it was fine for an exhibition. It seems sure. to be Shane, Shane Thorne has been walking around the, the back members. looking for somebody to fight for the about like three months now. So now that right. his his partner left him and he's on his own, he just he needs somebody to fight. It's almost like Alistair he's, Black sitting in a room waiting for somebody to come find him to fight. That's that's what I feel like. Shane Thorne just been wandering around the performance center looking for somebody to have a fight with him. Yeah, I so. feel like he's missing a piece though. Still, I feel like there's just yeah. a, he's got to turn some knob up to eleven that's just not there. I don't know what it is. And Bronson Reed, too, where he's got a lot of potential and a lot of ability, and he's going to find that little something that makes him click to the next level. Whereas yeah. right now, he's just a, a, he's a guy who can do some incredible stuff. He's got a cool look. He's just got to find that little thing that makes him a little bit more special than what he is right now. True. Uh, and finally, this week on NXT, Killian Dane versus Matt Riddle. In what I can only describe, Nick, as a freaking war. If you guys have not seen NXT this week yet, I understand it's Thursday. It was just on last night. If you have not seen NXT yet, that is the thing to go watch. In fact, this entire episode of NXT was one of the better ones I've seen in some time. It was fantastic. We had a couple of pretty awesome matches. It's a lot of good video packages, and it set up basically the future between now and and probably the next takeover of what we're going to be working on. So Speaking yeah. of takeovers, what was your takeaway on Dane beating Matt Riddle clean um, after you know he basically face-planted him into the steps, and then he Vader-bombed him three times in a row? Well, that face-plant was, was a botch. It was supposed to be a back-body drop down onto the steps, and Dane just didn't get the rotation on him, or somebody didn't tuck, and he came down on his face and busted his lip, and which worked hey, in the scheme of things. Yeah, it worked, and, then and he, Mara then he was quick to go. Oh God, he dropped him right on his face, face it first worked. into the steel. Yeah, it, it, they made it work. So, I mean, um, the booking was still Matt Riddle was supposed to lose. What do you make of that? Because Matt Riddle went on a long time looking really dominant on everybody. Yeah. Has he lost yet? Yeah, has he's he been lost. pinned? He lost yet? a dream, and remember, did a couple losses. Okay, I, I, I thought he was on this streak where he hadn't lost yet. All right, so I, I think this is fine. I love these two guys working together. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can we just say, I'll, I will say this, in the pound-for-pound pound strongest category we normally refer to Cesaro in, I want to start throwing Matt Riddle in there because he gut-wrenched suplexed into a bridge 
uh, Killian Dane, who's a 300 pounder. Yeah. yeah, this is no joke. It's he's not messing <laughs> around. Uh, no. Yeah, so I, f- Matt Riddle's nuts. Even uh, though Matt Riddle would probably absolutely murder Killian Dane in real life, I still <laughs> believed in this match just because. Yeah. Dane was so much on the offense, and he was so brutal. And I like the fact that this went to, you know, Matt Riddle ate the pin and then ran after Dane to close the show, and they battled into the back. And if you've watched, the, watched YouTube, they just kept fighting all through the... They may still be fighting today, for all we know. Awesome. Great. I love this feud. I love the, I love the fact that this is making Matt Riddle look... He, he came into the ring and attacked Dane from behind before the bell even rang. It's making him look serious. People, you know, anyone who's worried about the whole bro thing... You can look at this and, and go, okay, never mind. No, Matt Riddle, he's a scary dude as well. Yep. Ambushed so, him from behind him. in his slides. Hadn't even kicked him off yet and just started whipping his ass. No, these guys yeah, are going to have a great feud. Uh, shout out to Killian Dane's Neutron and music and package as well. Fantastic. Yep. The whole Beast of Belfast thing yep. showing all, all in like on that. war-torn Northern Ireland and all that stuff. So, yeah, just I love everything that they're doing with these two guys right now. Please keep it up. He reminds me a lot of a bouncer I used to have. Uh, and I wouldn't want to mess with him either. So, no, good stuff on NXT this week. Very nice show. Also, 205 Live with a great show this week. A very unique show this week, actually. they had It was basically just one long match. It was Team Gulak versus Team Lorcan. They both picked five guys to face each other in an elimination match. Um, I can really quickly run down who beat who. But Team Gulak was uh, Tony Nice, Mike Kanellis, Drew Gulak himself, Arya Davari and Angel Garza to have come. <laughs> he came to 205 Live to sleep with your wife and he your daughter. He has come up to the main roster. Yes, he's come. He's come to uh, to st- stare salaciously at you from Hashtag inside the Garza ring Dong. and then rip rip off his pants and expose his Garza dong. Yes. <laughs> uh, versus Team Lorkin, which was Akira Tozawa, Umberto Carrillo, Isaiah Swerve, Scott, Jack Gallagher, and Oni Lorkin himself. Um, which is great because you've got a couple of new guys. You've got some new blood in there with Angel Garza and Swerve Scott. Um, you've got some guys who needed some love, like Humberto Carrillo and uh, and Tony Nese and Mike Canellas, who were starting to look irrelevant. Jack Gallagher, and he has some stalwarts like Jack Gallagher. So it was it was a great way to really kind of introduce people who are just watching to a yeah. lot of the the roster and have some really good matches going on as well. Uh, this went down. Mike Canellas eliminated Akira Tozawa. Uh, Gallagher eliminated Canellis. Nice eliminated Gallagher. Uh, and then uh, Lorkin eliminated Nice. And then uh, Gulak eliminated Isaiah Scott. Um, and then he got DQ'd. Gulak got DQ'd because he brought a chair into the whole thing. Uh, Lorkin eliminated Davari. And Umberto Carrillo eliminated Angel Garza. And uh, so Team Lorkin does pick up the win over Team Gulak at the end of the show. Um, not surprising, but I, I, I like the idea that Lorkin and, uh, and Gulak are kind of come to blows again. I, I hope they're given more time, and I hope we have an even more brutal match next time. And everyone in this, I thought, came out looking pretty good. Yeah. No, this, yeah. this, whole, this whole big exhibition was fantastic. I, abs- I loved every minute of this. Agreed. Speaking of exhibitions and tournaments, New Japan Super J Cup is kicking off this week. In fact, I believe it's kicking off tonight in Seattle. With uh, tonight, we're getting Will Ospreay versus Amazing Red. Yes, Show mm. versus Taiji Ishimori, Clark Connors versus TJP, Robbie Eagles versus El Fantasmo, uh, Taguchi versus Jonathan Gresham, Yo versus Dragon Lee, Caristico mm. versus Bushi, mm. and Rocky Romero versus Sobrano Jr. That's all happening tonight 
in Seattle. Jesus Christ. Uh, this is going to, let's see, we got uh, the 24th, it'll be in San Francisco. And the 25th, it's coming right here to Los Angeles down in Long Beach. It says Los Angels on the screenshot. Did they mess up there? I, uh, of course they did. <laughs> in the semifinals, but, it says Los Angels on the bracket. Let it go. Bop, bop, let it go. Yes, yeah, it's, it's what it is. It's Los Angeles. But uh, I will be there this Sunday checking out the Super J Cup, and I will I will report back. Should be a good time. Fantastic. Well, guys, that's uh, it's time for us to now head over and talk about or answer, not talk, answer your listener questions. If you guys Ooh. would like to get in on some listener questions, all you have to do is sign up for that five dollar tier, five dollars once per month, buying me and in a beer once a month, if even that. To be able to My answer, beers get your questions right here on the yeah. I don't. I drink Miller Lite. Yeah, you, know, you, you could buy me four of them for five dollars. <laughs> um, if you want to get in on some of this, Patreon.com/slash BWO. Sign up for that five dollar tier. Uh, if the ten dollar tier, you get bonus episodes in addition to all of that stuff. So yes, head over there. First up this week, we've got Josh. His question, I'm going to cheat this week and ask two quick ones. Naughty, naughty. You guys obviously have the best podcast around, obviously, but I've listened to every episode you have. Are there any other ones you guys would recommend? Also, what is the name of Ian's band and where can we find the music? I'd like to support outside of the podcast as well. First of all, Josh, thank you very much. Thank Thank you you for being a patron. Thank you for the kind words and uh, being that invested. That's a cheat I'll accept. I'll accept that cheat. Allows me to have some self promotion. Yeah. Well, so, <laughs> you know, obviously we're we're for in Ian is friends, personal friends with the guys over at Going in Raw. We love supporting Stephen Larson. They're fantastic guys. They put on a great show. They do a lot on Twitch. They've inspired me personally uh, to do some of the things on BWO that I've seen them do over the years. So yeah, I I would definitely recommend the Going in Raw. I used to be really big into the What Culture stuff, all of their channels, and really now I just watch Simon. That's that's Dude, it, he's really. Like, he's the only entertaining person left, I kind of yeah. feel. Uh, uh, I'll, throw, I'll throw Wade Keller really in there that. if you can get past all the commercials. Uh, Jericho, when he has the interesting interview every now and then, same with Steve Austin. But those are that's kind of my regiment of podcasts that I listen to. Uh, WrestleSplania, Lapsed Fan is a really good one. Um, trying to th- uh, Off the top of my head, trying to recall some other ones that I, that I check out. Um, uh I'll put a, I'll put a couple of them up in the the Facebook discussion group, but that's like that's a good. I mean that right there, Jesus going and raw, bless their hearts. All they do is their show. Yeah. Um. You know, I've I've I actually I used to be roommates with Ann Larson. Um. I used to get my ass kicked at basketball by Steve. <laughs> um. So I've known those guys for years and years and years, and they've been they have been doing something like this as a career for a long time, and they He's just a, I pivoted think it's five that. plus years at this point pivoted that career into just doing their show. So they put out tons and tons of content. Yeah. Um, I'm actually, if there's anything I'm jealous of, it's their ability to spend all their time doing it because I've got to, you know, I have to pay rent. Right. And I actually have to, I have to work. And as you mentioned, Josh, I do also have a band. I actually technically have two. One is on hiatus right now because our singer's having a baby. Um, but the one that I'm currently working on a lot, we're coming out with an album this fall, is called House of Rabbits. And uh, we actually have a YouTube channel that we just released a new music video on. We've actually got two YouTube channels. We're trying to transition from our old one to our new one. Uh, we just put out a music video that I that I directed. And um, yeah, we're, but it's I, I will warn anybody who goes to listen to my band. It's it is not for everyone. It's some 
fairly odd stuff. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's uh, kind of this, I don't know, how you, theatrical hard rock. No, you I'll have to go that. find go. the text that I sent you when I first saw the first cut of the video that you sent over to me. <laughs> uh, and we have to confused. post that for people. We'll, we'll, so look, uh, I don't mind, you know, l- let's absolutely shill everything we can. So, I mean, yeah, post a copy of the video in the Facebook group, and I'll go find that comment that I sent you and post it in the comments underneath it. But very proud yeah. of you, man, on the launch of the new album and the new, uh, the new single there. Uh, good stuff. It, it looks fantastic. As weird We're as working it might on be. it. We do have uh, our stuff is up on Spotify. Uh, you can find us over there as well. And um, so, yeah, check us out. We have we have one album out, one album on the way. Uh, the album that's out, we actually turn into a, a, a theater show, a stage show at one point, uh, including aerial dancers and and masks and a whole bunch of crazy stuff. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, and while you I'm guys showing, participate yes, in the tiny yes, desk Nick. competition that NPR does every year as well, I think that's some of your more fun stuff. Yeah, we we have fun with that every year. Yeah. Where we basically you make a you make a live video as long as there's a desk in it. So we did that a couple times in a row. It was it's been fun. All of that's up on YouTube. Yeah. But um, as as long as we're shilling, I might as well shill the upcoming Horror Palooza, the return of Horror Palooza, which I do every October because I don't watch enough stuff as it is, including everything else. I also watch 31 horror movies for the 31 days of October. I did it last year. That's still up on uh, on iTunes, Stitcher, everywhere else, everywhere that this show's on. Cause it's also on Orbital Jigsaw. Uh, but Horror Palooza from last year is still up. Going to be coming back this year. Hopefully, it'll, I'll make it even more exciting and more fun this year. Thirty-one more movies starting the beginning of October. So yeah, you're going to run right, out of movies at some point, about, aren't you? <laughs> I'm going to have to what sleep? You're going to run out of movies at some point. Oh no! No! Oh never! Oh, no, okay. no, no. I always have ones left over that I, I have to watch next year. It's, In case it's you didn't know, listeners, Sir Ian Dangerous is a horror movie savant. And, uh, fanatic. Yeah, just absolute fanatic. If you are into horror movies, go check out Horror Palooza on the same network that this show is on, uh, orbitaljigsaw.com, and you can find he's got a whole, whole series there from last year that we'll be doing again uh, this year. So definitely check that out. All right. Thank you so much, Josh, for the questions and for giving us a chance to to yeah. self-shill promote some other projects there. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it very much. And shill our buddies over at Going and Raw. Yeah. But Shout out to Stephen Larson. Back to the Love wrestling. those guys. Back to and, the and, and Hilton. Uh, uh, I'm, last I'm actually going to be doing this show live from Hilton's house, from the Going and Raw, one of the guys on the Going and Raw uh, cast. I'll be, I'll be at his house doing the show in, I think, two weeks. Yep. So go figure. All right. Thank you, Josh. Next up, Eric, if you could rebook any major storyline from any time period and promotion... What would it be? Ooh. I'm going to need a uh, minute on this one. In fact, I think this is one of those we need to write down as a potential bonus episode. Oh, that, no, I got this. I actually got this right now. Oh, okay. You need, you need, to, you need to think about this? Yeah, go, you do yours. I'm going to think about it for a second. Invasion. Oh. I, that's, there's just really no... I don't, there, I don't think there's ever been a storyline that should have been so money that was so bungled as that one. I mean, you can call out the Nexus with John Cena, uh... You know, you, I I think that um, the Stone Cold heel turn I would have rebooked. Like, there's a lot that that was I think kind of part of the invasion angle as well. There really isn't one I think that was. There's a lot of smaller ones that I was kind of annoyed by, but that that killed the mainstream appeal of wrestling. There has never been such a loss of viewership as as that. Like that killed a lot of people between the stone cold heel turn and the invasion back to back one on top of the other 
that that killed the the nine point ratings that WWE was getting. Uh, killed mm. them. Mm. Um, mm. If there was one, and, and it should have been a home run. How can that not be a home run? Like that's I think what everyone was excited about it when it was happening was it was just it was kind of an obvious gimme. You've got all of these guys who were so over in both companies, but because WWE is so petty that they couldn't allow the WCW guys to get over in any way and make and, and seem like a threat, they completely botched the entire storyline. Mm. So that's that's the one just easy. That's the one I would fix because that changed the landscape of wrestling. If we want to look at the history of wrestling, that's the one that really kind of murdered the mainstream appeal in a lot of ways. You know, I it, it hurts me to say because I'm a sucker for the cheesy type of storylines. And I think one of the bigger, long, I'll agree that it was drawn out way too long, was the whole Test and Stephanie McMahon marriage angle with oh, Triple H one. stealing her and running off to Vegas and and talking like yes I love this man of mine you know yeah I, I St- Triple H roofing Stephanie and getting yeah. married to her in Vegas yes that's, so that's as much as I love that though. it was an absolute waste of time and we never really oh, saw okay. any wrestling out of it but it was you have to admit it's a lot of fun I don't know was how that- exactly I would rebook it and how a mere few yeah. years later we ended up with them as a full-time couple, but ah, I don't was know. That's that the only more one of a I waste of time, or was the higher power more of a waste of time? Oh, higher powers. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's kind of more of a waste of time. Yeah, it was me know. all I, along, Austin. That's why worry's going to happen with this Daniel Bryan Rowan thing. I'm like, oh, it was me all along, Roman. And we're all like, well, duh, uh, Mimsy. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. I'm going to keep that one in the meddling Murphys. Yeah, (laughs) I'm going to keep that one in the pocket in case we need to come back to it at some point. That's a good one. Uh, Next up, Jacob. What are your thoughts on gimmick match pay per views like TLC Extreme Rules and Hell in a Cell? I feel like they took the special feeling the matches once had. Um. Yeah. You know, I, I the problem with these pay-per-views for me is that there's not enough of the matches or the stipulations aren't as visceral as they used to be. The stakes aren't as high as they used to be. I love TLC. It's one of my favorites. Um, I, I used to like Extreme Rules when they actually booked, I don't know, Extreme Rules stipulations. Um, I liked Hell in a Cell when, you know, it wasn't just a gimmick to get on top of the cell. That there were, you know, actual damage was done and you were locked in there and you beat the hell out of the person to, sub- to keep them down until you could go open the door and get out yourself. They just don't do enough of these things anymore. And it's hashtag PG era kind of stuff. And that's, I mean, because reasons. But I, I get it. I understand. But I miss them too. I pine for the days of y'all where we used to have, <laughs> we used to get color. Remember that? That's actually kind of where I wanted to come in on this was that all of these gimmick matches used to be special because a lot of them we'd never seen before. And the more you see them, the more it's exposed, the less special it feels. And there's nothing that exposes it more than having a whole special be built around a special, a particular match, which not only, uh, you, you know, if you use this match as a promotional tool, it becomes less about the reasons for the match. And this is the theme this week. The match itself becomes a prop. Um, you know, when, when a feud escalates to the point that it has to go to Hell in a Cell, it makes it feel less special when we know there's a Hell in a Cell pay per view coming up. 
and it doesn't it's not the, the ends doesn't justify the means you know this from a storytelling standpoint we know they're going to end up in hell in a cell because that they have a pay-per-view they've got to have some sort of hell in a cell to call it hell in a cell so get yeah, from that standpoint i think that it just it's going to mess with people's minds and how they perceive the the matches but as far as as you're saying nick with with stuff like how the matches themselves are actually conducted specifically with hell in a cell I'm of the mind you shouldn't have a Hell in a Cell match if you're not willing to have some color. Because the very nature of that match should be the most brutal extreme match you could possibly have in WWE. And of all the ones that they've had that have not had color, I think they've had one, maybe two, that were actually decent matches. Yeah. Um, so it's... I agree in that sense. That being said, you get to a match like... Which is also you know a gimmick show, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series... Um, that's fun. TLC, I think it's still fun because now they've established that a every match is going to have an implement of some sort, and you have a tables match, you have a ladders match. That's fun. Um, I don't mind that so much, but I agree with you, Nick, in the sense of when it is a extreme rules, for example, I think has just become a kind of a, a useless one, as yeah. you said, because the the rules just can't be extreme enough. Well, we're doing two out of three falls sense. matches now every other week, so <laughs> yeah, so it's not but, extreme anymore. But when it's a when it's a pay per view where the style of match itself is giving away storylines, where instead of having the storyline logically progress to that kind of match, where it's it's forcing the storyline to go to that kind of match in a sense, that's where I, that's where I'm not a fan. Yeah. Yeah, Gargano, Gargano and Cole uh, with the two out of three falls that ended in an asylum match. It's effectively a hell in a cell with weapons. Yeah, war I, games, war games, war games. You know, we know we're gonna have a war games match. Oh but. God, I was so happy when that came back. Uh, yeah, completely agree with you, Jacob. Here, it's it takes the special feeling away from the the matches themselves when the entire pay per view is built around what was once the gimmick match. So yeah, I, I see what you're saying there. Fantastic oh God, question. Jacob Uhas is trying to give me nightmares. I just looked down at the ta- at the at the chat. He reminded me of the oh, John God. Cena Rusev flag match at Extreme Rules. I want to die now. Oh God! Uh, just, those are my just, least favorite just forget about that. Remember time. the time that Rusev drove a tank to the ring at WrestleMania, and it'll all be fine. Oh, Let's move good on. Time. Good time. Rusev Thank is looking you, jacked on on Instagram right now, Twitter, whatever. I saw it. Oh, he's, some picture he posted. Jesus, he's terrifying. Great. We have some news on him here in a bit. Next up, Esme Stand-In Bear. Hey, guys, would really appreciate if you pod fathers can help clear something <laughs> up for me. Thank you. I always hear with a certain mm. amount of contempt that matches can be, quote, spot fests. Are spot fests not considered great matches? And what's the difference between a spot fest and a great match, if so? I'll handle that one. Um, yeah. Spot fest is basically going to be two guys who get into a ring and do a bunch of stunts with no story. Um, it's it's used as a pejorative when guys tend to do a lot of big moves or exciting moves without really selling them a whole lot and not really making it feel like it's an actual match. There's no real story to it. Uh, I know that if there's one particular instance of a match where this where this term was used as a pejorative, it was uh, Osprey versus Ricochet in the Best of Super Juniors a few years ago, where basically all they did was flips and these insane kicks. And there was just no lasting damage. They didn't sell throughout the match. You sold the fact you got hit, but then you know, 30 seconds later, you're doing a reverse Rana off the apron, and you're just fine. Um, there's a place for those, though. I mean, in a sense, yeah. it is kind of a Cirque du Soleil kind of match where like Osprey versus Ricochet. <laughs> yeah, like that when you do it, like like that was an awesome match to watch. 
and a couple of guys just doing flippy things for 10, 15 minutes can be awesome. But it's a very different style of match than two guys going in there and actually telling a story. You're going to get more emotionally invested in that, and ultimately uh, it's going to leave a different impression. And it's one reason why a lot of people are really high on Osprey right now is he's gone from being what people perceived as a spot monkey, a guy who can, who can do a bunch of these big spots, but then doesn't really have the storytelling or the selling in his matches. And Ricochet, to his credit as well, he's really changed his style up a lot to be a lot more of a storyteller. Um, and they both put in these big moves when they're appropriate, as opposed to just ripping them out for no reason. It's one of the reason reasons why I was really down on the Adam Cole-Gargano match, is at the end, it turned into a spot fest. It turned into... Let's hit each other with everything but the kitchen sink and kick out of it, which kind of beggars belief uh, in this kayfabe world where you say, well, how do you kick out of all of these things and then turn around and get pinned by a DDT uh, the week before? What, you know? yeah. So that's, that's really the, um, the, I would say, the, the easiest way to describe the two different styles is one has a story and one is just a bunch of big moves. Uh, and again, I, I tend to prefer matches that are hybrids. Of the two, I love seeing a lot of athletics and a lot of big spots. That's why I love lucha as much as I do. But uh, I do prefer when there is a story, some sort of semblance of a story or a progression being told throughout the match. Yeah, and they're they're at least giving some uh, nod towards it being the impression of a sporting event. Okada Omega might be a really good example of that hybrid that you're referring to because there was a huge story there, but all they did was try and hit big finishers on each other for 30 minutes or an That's hour. kind of a New Japan thing, too, is at a certain point, there, it turns into, I've got to hit my finishing move to take this guy out. 27 times. But, yeah. But that can, well, but that can be a storytelling element as well. Is sure. Because they can't know, quite it, get the, it all the way. They can't, they didn't land it all. They didn't get all of it. Right. right. I get it. My, my big example here would be something like, I think of Spot Fest a little bit differently. I think of it like uh, the halftime heat thing we had at the Super Bowl with NXT this year. We have, you throw 10 guys in the ring and they all just do their crazy finisher and, and special moves over and over and over and over again. And while it's entertaining on the surface, there's absolutely no context or no story. It's just you're there. To, it's Cirque du Soleil, like you said. You're there to watch people do crazy stunts um, yep. and you know backflips and all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, Ricochet doing a double backflip off the top of the cell in War Games. You know, I, but but only that. But only that, as opposed to you know War Games, which was you know, and I thought a nice war of attrition. Sure, sure. So, yeah, that's spot fest are just people doing a bunch of moves with no real context or reason just because they can. That's really what it boils down to. <laughs> Thank you very much, Esme. Appreciate it. Uh, next up, Billy. Okay, guys and gals, SummerSlam weekend was basically the end of summer and sets us on the road to Royal Rumble Halloween, and the Tokyo October. Dome, among other things. Who will be the biggest star of this next season. Osprey, Okada, Ibushi, The Fiend, Rollins, Dr. Wagner. Who? <laughs> Dr. Wagner's going to go on a, a retirement tour, so I, I think he definitely, you know, kind of like Jushin Thunder Liger. Yeah. So I think that that's, that's possible. Uh, Joey um, Ryan. No. Uh, well, I mean, Osprey's not a bad call, but he's been kind of the star of the spring. Uh, I think that Jericho is going to be one of the most... One of the, I think if Jericho beats Hangman Page at All Out with the AEW deal, Jericho will be a major force yeah. 
in all of this. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, a, a lot more a- attempts at mainstream attention with the wrestling with all the wrestling that's going to be going on this fall. Well, much like we say Jericho, Reigns and potentially Charlotte are going to walk onto Fox as champions, uh, I also think Jericho walking onto TNT as the first AEW champion would also be a big deal, much more so than Hangman Page. Well, that's exactly. And that's why I think Jericho should be the first champ. He should. Absolutely. When you talk to people on the street who may not be wrestling fans, as far as people who are like the public perception of wrestling is still Hulk Hogan, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, maybe John Cena. Uh, That's about it, right? Beyond that, people actually might know Jericho. And I've actually found a lot of people who know next to nothing about wrestling since like, oh yeah, Stone Cold and The Rock and what and whatnot, Stunners and Beers. The other person they still kind of know is Jericho. They might not remember what he looks like, but they've heard the name. So I think in terms of uh, the fact that we may be seeing more mainstream attention being given to wrestling, Jericho is going to be a name to look out for in the fall. Uh, I, I think he's one of those guys who could. That's one. That's one reason why AEW's had a coup with getting him, is I think he's a guy who can really bring a lot of mainstream attention to them, and as a result, is going to be uh, a major figure and and possibly even in, in mainstream culture. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I think Osprey. Let's see how he does tonight in the the Super J Cup because if he goes from Battle of Super Juniors to having a pretty damn decent uh, G one into the Super J Cup, going into, what do we got later this year? Dantaku? Wrestling Dantaku? I can't remember. Uh, we got a bunch. Of, we, got, we got Destruction Tour first. Destruction Tour. Uh, that's the one I was trying yeah. to think of. Yeah, we got that Are tour. Are you talking and then about going, in wrestling or just in general in terms of big stars? He's naming, it looks like in wrestling. So Osprey Okada Ibushi, The Fiend or okay. Rollins. The Fiend you know, for sure. Watch out for Braun Strowman. Uh, I'll oh, call. No. You know, I would say that, but you, I'm serious. I, I do think that there could be something coming there for Braun Strowman. I hope. I thought it was coming last year, but I was wrong. I was we were so wrong. Thank you very much for the question, Billy. Next up, Patrick. Uh if you had the opportunity to redo any main roster debut from NXT, who would it be and how would you do it correctly? We're going to say You the all same know my answer. Here. You yeah. know my answer to this. Al- Alistair Black. Absolutely. I I I I, don't, I could spend some time and really think about all of the NXT debuts, and there have been a bunch of botched ones, and I'm sure I could find another one that I would, that would really piss me off. But there is nothing right now in WWE that makes me hotter than what they've done to Aleister Black, uh, just on a consistent basis. Like I just I get so pissed off about that, considering just how freaking cool he was in NXT, and what a great gimmick, and what a great presentation. And just how awful. And they're trying. That's the part that really pisses me off. It's one thing if someone just gets EC3'd and they disappear. It's another thing if they genuinely try. And you're like, okay, you're trying to do something here. And it's terrible. And you had Alistair go from being in a tag team for some freaking reason. And never really get a debut. He showed up at the Rumble. And then all of a sudden he's doing, he's talking to himself in a room. I, considering like, Think about, Nick, all the ways that we had it booked for him to show up and have it just be absolutely mind-blowingly epic. Yep. And just what an absolute piece of crap his debut on the It was actually about a year ago we were talking about this. 
yeah. before they got called up. Uh, you, we, we were talk- I think we talked about them on one of our bonus episodes. Right? Yeah, it was the the uh, who's going to make it and who's going to fail. Um, and we, yeah. we I remember we with Ricochet and Aleister Black, they just they had to nail it. And yep. I think they got it right with Ricochet, but they're floundering miserably with, with Aleister Black. I'll see your Aleister Black, and I'll raise you a war machine. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh. That's mine. Yeah, okay, so Aleister Black was a long, drawn-out murder. <laughs> war machine was just, they put a bullet in their head. From they took him out back behind the building and just shot him. Oh. Uh, Viking experience. So right. oh. I'm going to say that again for effect, so everybody hears it and remembers it. Viking experience from War Machine, the renowned Viking marauders from hailing from New Japan Pro Wrestling, coming into NXT and absolutely running roughshod. Ivar and Eric, they changed their names too. Oh, oh, God. It's almost, I mean, the Ascension getting beaten down by all the old tag teams was pretty rough. But at least they had a bit of a run. Yeah. With, War Machine I mean, at least they did the fashion police thing and, there for a little bit. That was fun. Oh, you're right. They just shot them in the kneecaps and just let yeah. them bleed out. Um, there's all kinds of stuff I would do to rebook them and bring them out as one of the strongest tag oh. teams WWE has ever seen. And I, it's my sincere hope that it, that gets recognized at some point. Uh, that somebody goes back and watches old New Japan footage of those guys in tag team, the kind of things that that Hanson can do as yeah. that big of a man is they absurd. Still try to show it off, but just I mean, so right now they're they're saying in the chat, I'm hearing, I'm seeing Sanity get brought up a lot, and that's very true. Like that's, they absolutely, absolutely bungled Sanity, but they did try with Sanity. They actually kept Sanity mostly the way they were doing it in NXT. They just they just didn't know. They didn't get Sanity on the main roster. No. It wasn't that they didn't get Viking Raider War Machine experience. It was that they actively <laughs> screwed them over. It would be like if Sanity became a bunch of like ravers from the mid-90s. Right? Oh, yeah, they, they kind of look like a, a bunch of soccer hooligans from England, so we'll just make them that. Yeah, That's they're, do, they they're doing ecstasy machine. and waving fl- glow sticks around. You know? yeah. What? At least they try with Sanity. They just couldn't pull it off. Yeah. And they, yeah. Sanity had a good run. They were beating New Day at a certain point. Anyway. Yeah, right. and I mean, the, the mistake that they made, in my opinion, with Sanity is that they should have treated him like the Shield. They should have had him come in out of the crowd or out of nowhere and just sneaky attacks Part on everybody all yeah. the time. No, they came out and they had them come out to the top of the ramp and it was all shaky cam and we all got sick. But they're not the future of the company. The Shield was considered the future, the future of the company and they were. <laughs> but they have turned Sanity out to be uh, to an extent. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, Alistair Black, War Machine. There you go, Billy. Thank Oof. you very much for the question. Uh, next up... Oh, nope, that was Patrick. I'm sorry. Thank you, Patrick, for the question there. Lost my track. Ed! Next up is Ed. So, Braun and Nicholas. I mean, Seth Rollins are tag team champs. What? Yep. Why? Yep. The phenomenal ones should have kept them via shenaniganry. No, and, Ed, no. And had Braun you. turn on Nicola, uh, Seth Rollins... What say you? Yes. I, that's kind of along the lines of what I was thinking before, just without the whole tag team titles. Like, you yeah. could have just had a straight man-to-man, two badasses feud get started because Braun Strowman wants him some of that belt. Yeah, It's that effing simple. You don't have yeah. to overbook it like they're doing with this, with those two guys. 
I agree oh. with that. This is a little bit overbooked, and it's it's wasting. It's basically it's taking something that could be utilized elsewhere as an engaging storyline uh, prospect, and they're wasting it on a prop. Yep. 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 Thank you very much, Ed, for the question yep. there. That's an easy one. Uh, yep. Last but certainly not least, Brad. Hey, guys, with the announcement that NXT is going to be moving to USA now on Wednesdays with a two-hour show, I'm both excited and a little apprehensive. Excited as we will get an extra hour to showcase the great talent matches there. Apprehensive because I think Vince will not want to keep his hands off of it since it mm-hmm. will be on a major cable network and he will want to make it Raw SmackDown 2.0. Obviously, I want Hunter to keep control of NXT on TV, but what do you guys think? Um, I think we touched on a lot of this in the big news segment. Yeah. Uh, basically, yup. Uh, yep. <laughs> I, I pretty much agree with this from top to bottom. Uh, totally excited that we're getting two hours of NXT, that they're going to be getting the kind of attention from within the company that's going to allow them to compete with AEW. On the other hand, with that attention comes the possibility of interference from Vince, D, Vince Creativity McMahon, um, and that is very worrisome. I, I, I really, do, I think Brad hit all the points here that are really the talking points about NXT going to USA. Yeah, is uh, on one hand it's great. On one hand, it's a little bit nerve wracking and terrifying because of what might happen. But let's be clear: if Vince comes in there and starts messing up NXT, the people who are currently invested in it right now—they did a poll. Um, of a few thousand people on Twitter of, okay, if it started tomorrow, which are you watching, AEW or NXT? And it was something like 28% were watching NXT and the rest were watching AEW, which is, that doesn't surprise me at all. I think a lot of people are used to catching NXT, you know, later on in the week. They don't need to watch it live. They're going to have to do some work to make NXT, you know, must-watch live TV. But that 28% is going to dwindle if they feel like Vince McMahon is messing with their product. Completely so, agree. Completely yeah. agree with that. Yep. They're they're on they're going to that be very careful NXT and I hope that uh, well we'll see. I mean, it's it is a we will see prospect. Neither of us is Vince McMahon. We're not in his head and really he's the only person who can answer this right now is hey Vince, how much control are you going to have over NXT? How much how much are you going how much how interested, how invested in you are? Uh, how invested are you uh, in making NXT something competitive with AEW? Right. Right. Thank you very much for the question there, Brad. And guys, that's it for our listener questions this week. Thank you guys so much for getting those in. And if thank you want to get yours you, in next week, head over to patreon.com slash BWO and sign up for that $5 tier or higher. And you can get yours in every single week. Current status, hashtag current status. We are at 43. If we get to 50, we hit another fun milestone, so uh, make that happen in addition Ooh, to subscribing yes. to the YouTube channel. But, Ian, we're not done. We're almost out of here, but we got to finish up with our other news. Lightning round. Beep, 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 I got this. All right, starting off quickly, Ronda Rousey nearly lost her damn finger. Uh, if you ooh. have not seen her Instagram, go to her Instagram right now and steal yourself because she has a picture of her finger Hanging off of right around the second knuckle because she had a boat door slam on it while she was filming uh, 911 for Fox. 
apparently she finished the scene. They have this all on film, and they're actually going to show it on the show, her getting her finger nearly ripped off and no selling it. No sold it until the shot was done and then had to go to the hospital, and they had to reattach her entire finger with plates and screws and, and duct tape and chicken wire. But apparently she's, gonna, she's already gotten a bunch of her movement back in her finger. She'll be fine. But good Lord. I'm going to vomit. <laughs> You got to uh, see this picture. I'm it's, gonna it is freaking gnarly. like the fact that she just no sold this gnarly. Uh, Tony, yeah, take that Tom Cruise in your broken ankle in Mission Impossible. Yeah, well, <laughs> Jesus Christ. or or Leonardo DiCaprio stabbing himself in the hand on Django. Anyway, moving on. Lots of people want Tony Schiavone. He is still with MLW, but has been fielding offers from WWE and apparently AEW. So Tony Schiavone. He's out there still working it. Look at him pimping around. I hear you, Tony. Put some, get, get some Tony on your show. It'll put some butts in the seats. Uh, <laughs> Stephen Amell will star in Heels, which is a new show coming on Stars. They've, uh, they've ordered eight hour-long episodes for the first season. It'll be about indie wrestlers in Georgia. Uh, Cody Rhodes has already said he'd love to come help Stephen out with that. So not surprising that Stephen Amell is going from Arrow to wrestling shows because – as we probably all know, Stephen Amell is actually a decent wrestler himself. He had a great match at a All In. So not to be confused with Ryan that. Nimitz's movie project Heel. Also, Heel, yes, which we should all go check out. Yes, he got he did he got his uh, goal, didn't he? He did hit his uh, Indiegogo goal or whatever yeah. crowdfunding th- goal that it was, whatever site it was, and they're yeah. in production right now. They're making it. So kudos, shout out if to Ryan. Hot yeah, young Bradley getting already. His, we, getting uh, we had an interview with him, and it was a great interview. Good yeah. guy. Uh, John Moxley has an elbow issue. We're not sure if it is an infection he picked up in Japan, or he said he was getting some sort of stinger. Uh, it's been, it's been, he had compression on it. Last few matches, a compression sleeve. Um, it's not known how bad it is or what even is going on. They're all staying pretty quiet about it. But uh, he recently worked a show and uh, was notably staying off of his elbow. So hopefully he can get good by the time by the thirty first because he's got to work all out. He's got a big match there. Hopefully he's uh, he's able to get through that okay. Speaking of AEW, their first show on TNT was overbought by the scalpers. The tickets are as low as eight dollars in the secondary market, which is brutal. But that being said, all out is the hottest secondary market of all time in pro wrestling. The tickets average at two hundred and forty dollars. If you want to go to All Out, brutal. Uh, by the way, F scalpers. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Hey, but see. we sold out in four minutes. No, you didn't. No, no, you, no, didn't. no you didn't. No, no. The speculative market bought it for you. Thank you, uh, Jericho. T- AEW, their tag team tournament, title tournament will be, uh, their semifinals will be on week four of their TV. That was just announced this week as well. Uh, New Japan News, Shibata, as we know, just came back and threw some drop kicks and took a beat down. Uh, on the last night of the G1, which was very emotional for yours, yours truly, and for probably more so for a lot of fans who are long, long time uh, viewers of New Japan. Apparently, Shibata is not cleared to wrestle. He was cleared for that, but nothing more. Kind of like Edge was uh, at SummerSlam. However, like Daniel Bryan, Shibata is actively trying to get cleared to come back. No surprise, because like Daniel Bryan, the dude just lives and breathes wrestling. So uh, fingers crossed for him that he can get back in there, but given the absolutely horrific nature of the injury that made him retire, um, 
I'm way more nervous about him coming back than I ever was about Daniel Bryan. Agreed. Please so, be careful. We'll dude. see. <laughs> and if he's try- if he starts trying to headbutt people, just trank him and drag him out of the yeah, ring. Yeah, please upset. don't let that happen. Because <laughs> he just doesn't he doesn't care. No. Uh, this week's Impact show is being used as a pilot for a weekly studio TV show. So Impact making some moves. They're trying to get on TV as well. Trying to get off of Twitch, Twitch, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll see. Impact making them moves. Uh, and they are getting all behind Tessa Blanchard. She is the highest paid person on their roster. Which, by the way, smart move. She is your number one star. Yeah. 100%. In before um, Tessa Blanchard to AEW. Just saying. <laughs> oh, uh, ooh. I think she signed a longer term contract with Impact. She'll be there for a while. But uh, someone who's not with Impact is uh, LAX. LAX finished up their, their time at Impact and they are out. They're done. Um... Make sure we say it right now. Sure. LAX, LAX to AEW. You heard it here LAX first. To, you heard it here first. Uh, yeah, we don't know where they're going yet, but uh, I'd say it's a pretty safe speculation. They're a fantastic I, they're, they're tag team. For sure. And uh, throw them in the tag division over there in, uh, in AEW, and that would be baller. Speaking of baller, Miz and Maurice bought a $6.4 million <laughs> house right here in sunny Southern California, in Thousand Oaks, which is about 45 minutes northwest of me. Uh, it is, it is a, it's a great area, actually, to buy a big house, 1.4 acres. Yeah. It's, um, it's about the only place you can find any kind of there. land is out in Ventura County to the west. So <laughs> yeah, you're not going to find 1.4 acres inside of Los Angeles proper. No, 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 no. But it is, yeah, so it's a nice area. Uh, it's a 10,400 square foot home, six bedrooms, nine baths. Uh, yeah, it doesn't suck. <laughs> they're buying, I don't think I can afford to furnish that place, much less buy it. Good oh, God. Jesus, I know, right? I mean, their previous house, they had a, they had a house in Texas that I guess uh, they bought for 2.35 mil, sold it for 2.64 mil. Um, so, yeah, they still, went on, they still went in an investment with this sucker. Mil so, that paid. being said... Uh, only in Thousand Oaks can you get that much house for that price. I've seen houses like, that are like one-bedroom houses in Malibu on the beach for five point five million. So that's that's the housing market here in LA. It's absolutely insane. There were there, um, where I used to live in Sherman Oaks, not Thousand Oaks. Sherman Oaks, you could buy right a two-bedroom, fifty-year-old house for a cool two three million. <laughs> People wonder why I rent. Right. Uh, and People finally, why week, I left the LA. Rock. The Rock married longtime girlfriend Lauren Hashian in Hawaii. She is the baby mama of his of two of his daughters. Attaboy, uh, DJ. Yep. So he is now hitched again. They've been together for a long time. So I guess it was just a matter of time. So congratulations! You're never going to see him. He's the hardest working man in Hollywood, and you know. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. What a stud. And yep. that is the news, Nick. Awesome. Thank you very much, Sir Ian Dangerous. And guys, that's it for our show today. Thank you very much for turning turning turn. Thank you very much for tuning in, uh, especially you guys in chat that were here with us live throughout the entire thing. Thank you very much for keeping it lively in the chat. And uh, we got a new subscriber saw it come in. Tyler, thank you very much for that. Uh, All kinds of good stuff. Speaking of subscriptions, guys, we are driving towards 1,000 YouTube subscribers. Uh, We're currently sitting with Tyler's at 295. Got a long way to go, but I believe in you guys. Between now and October 4th, you got 40 two days we can make that happen and we can make sir ian dangerous get up on stage and sing tai chi's entrance music 
at karaoke Whoa. for you to watch on YouTube and for you to point and laugh at for perpetuity. Uh, but to do that, you need to subscribe to the YouTube channel right here. When you do that, be sure and hit that notification bell because we put up good events uh, for all of our uh, future live streams, including pay-per-views and things like that that we'll come on and do. Uh, you also want to be subscribed because we're switching to two shows here in about a little over a month uh, mm-hmm. per week. So we're going to have a Tuesday show and a Saturday show covering all things wrestling for your ear holes. So being subscribed to the YouTube channel is a big deal. Actually following us everywhere, such as uh, at BWO Podcast on YouTube and Instagram. And last but certainly not least, be in our Facebook discussion group. Just search for Busted Wide Open on Facebook. Send us that join request and we'll get you right in. We do have the new Discord server. Lots of people are coming on, transitioning from the more commenty, threaded types of conversations on Facebook into Discord, which is like doing a live chat for every show, every week, and everything ever. Uh, it's a great little community tool that we're gonna we're gonna continue to promote and uh, somewhat transition operations, uh, you know, month to month over to that. Uh, but for we'll keep both running. One of them's not going away. They're both gonna be there for a long time. But uh, if you follow all of those things, then you can head over to the Gleam.io giveaway where we're doing our busted wide open monthly merch giveaway. We're coming up at the end of the month. We've got about a week left to get in for this month's $50 grab bag of merch. Uh, This month we're doing a couple of t-shirts, a little chub cup, uh, some stickers, all kinds of good stuff in that uh, little grab bag of merch here. We'll do some different stuff next month, shake it up a little bit, keep it interesting every single month. Just as we drive to uh, build our following online, all you have to do is check the boxes because you're all already following us everywhere, right? Right? Right. So it's really easy for you. So all you have to do is check the boxes and you get free stuff. Congratulations. Yay, you win. Uh, anyway, we'll be doing that drawing on September 1st to see who is the winner for the month of August, and they will be notified. Yes. Uh, last but certainly not least, Patreon. Thank you very much to all of our patrons for all of your contributions every single month. You really do drive things forward for us. Uh, you have helped me build this wonderful live streaming setup that uh has you know this is the stream rig everything kind of went well knock on desk today everything uh so far seems to be working really well we got rid of all of the lag and all of the latency and the weird audio gremlins and things like that so oh god fingers crossed we're only we're going up from here so lots of new stuff coming guys there's a lot of activity ian and i have said multiple times we feel like we're just getting started and those of you that have been along with us for the last two years as we really get this ship rolling. Uh, thank you very much. Just for me to all of you, and uh, I'll speak for Surrey and Dangerous, thank you very much uh, for all of your support as we've grown over these last couple of years. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Surrey and Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Surrey and Dangerous. But by God! Nobody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.